So coming to you guys live on stream for the first time. Welcome back to the Whispers from the Shadow podcast. I'm Super Jimmy. I'm Ms. Pleasure. And boy, does it feel a little weird and great uh, doing this. <laughs> Episode 13 for the season finale. Yes, with our communities uh, being able to read some of the stories that you guys submitted to us and then telling our own personal uh, stories. Um, yep. Chat won't be on screen. So for those who are going to be watching this on YouTube and or listening to this, we will do our best to not just read what's popping up in chat, but more pertaining to what's uh, being talked about. And also we will be also saying uh, and reading the stories as uh, they are in our discord. I would make a comment, but you might not recommend a to get an NSFW. Tyler's here. Hi, Tyler. For me and Giz, <laughs> for me and Ms. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah, you know, Giz being in the same room with with them. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to go in order. So this is from Albus. I'm reading this one from the discord. It says, right. so uh, hold on. Let me get in my scary voice. <clears throat> so real story time. Me and my sister were very close. When I was around eight, and she, but she used to have a, uh, but she uh, was at least on. four to six. Oh, she was at least four to six year, years older, but she used to have a Furby. And in the middle of the night, it activated on its own and started cursing and using slurs. So my sister didn't dare to get out of bed. But the next morning, she took out the batteries. And the next night, I slept in the same bed we used to sleep in, in the same bed more often but this was different because even without batteries, the Furby lit up his eyes and started cursing and using slurs. But just like la last time, these weren't normal curses, but real dark curses you would hear from witches in horror movies. The next day, our mom took the Furby out and got rid of it. Apparently, I heard later she gave it to someone so many years later when I got spiritual more at or got more actively spiritual i found out cursing object was a real thing and was indeed very scary seemingly hearing what such curses can do we got lucky it wasn't worse so knowing my mom she probably took it to someone who would break the curse or something as she would never just give it to someone to um peace to peace on the to pass on the curse excuse me pass on the curse because she was always very kind i don't remember how my sister got the furby but damn <laughs> yeah that sorry was, my, uh, my dyslexia kicked in for a minute <laughs> you're good you're good also you still have your thing set to a phasmophobia <clears throat> oh son of a beach there we go i fix <laughs> I didn't say I was good at being a professional, but I did claim to be a professional dumbass. So agreed. Same. <laughs> so, yes, Furby's possession of toys and stuff like that. Um, I think we've all had a similar instance, and that's why I like I will still use to this day uh, the boogeyman intro being like one of the most terrifying experiences in movies whatsoever because i feel like everyone at a young age has experienced that in some way shape form or another i agree and the reason why i say that it may have not been a furby but um when i was younger i want to say it was like fuck five uh we my my aunt got me this giant fucking gorilla it was about my size for like you know a fucking 
five-year-old <laughs> that's a monster you know much like his background exactly and it was actually uh king kong stuffy <laughs> and um we put it in the my closet and i'd always leave my closet open because i had like my desk in there and so on and so forth hey, beast. and that same instance and that's why boogeyman and furbies and like those types of things terrify me sometimes it's like the mannequin feeling or just like uh inanimate objects coming to life always terrifying uh oh, is because yeah. Fucking I remember waking up specifically at 115, looking into my closet and seeing just the eyes moving from a light reflection and it like kind of just shuffling. And I did not sleep that night. <laughs> you, you know, I, I, I like I was adopted, but before I was adopted, my mom took on two foster kids. Um, one of their one of them's names was Jessica. And when she let's see the, my mom took her in after her mom and dad passed away because she was close friends with the mom and the dad and um she started living with us when she was like right around like between like 14 to 16 and when she moved into my room she had a fur she had a furby but it was it was like in the box it had never had batteries put in it nothing and it literally said batteries not included on the box and um every once in a while it would like activate inside the box and cause like the box to like tip over and you would hear it just kind of do that weird ass giggle that it had. Yes. Yes. I hated it so much. It was so, it was, it was the worst thing ever. So eventually what ended up happening was, uh, my sister, Jessica in the middle of the night got fed up with it and took it into the garage and it wasn't a gift from anybody like sentimental. It was just something that she had from when she was younger because she was older than I was. So she, I was like 12 when this happened, like 11, okay. 12. And so like in the middle of the night, like I get woken up to all the lights coming on in the house and I'm like, what is going on right now? And my sister, Jessica, my adopted sister, Jessica is making her way back to the garage. And as she does so, I just hear the um the grinder startup because it was just me and her that were home alone and i just hear the grinder startup and i walk back there and she's got this thing by the head and the feet just grind just pushing it into the freaking the grinder and all i hear is as it like cuts through the half of this and she goes there i killed it it walks over throws it in the trash and she's like i'm like i'm terrified i'm like horrified i'm you know 11 12 at this i'm like She's like, I got rid of the haunted thing. Let's go to bed. And it just like kind of like puts her hand on my back and like guides me back to back to the bedroom. And I, I climb into my bed. She tucks me in, climbs into her bed and then like lays down. And as she like lays down, I swear this thing is in the garbage cut in half. And I just hear the <laughs> and my eyes just. Yeah, ever since then, it's I like, hate her. I hate Furbies. Yeah, no, I fucking feel that 100%. It, I don't know what it is about fucking electronic shit that is just the absolute fucking worst. Like, it, it, it just seems so easy for like electronic stuff to become the haunted thing in most stories. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, I don't despise furry or uh, furbies uh, or anything like that. I know I fucking, I almost said furry. <laughs> uh, furbies. Um, 
my biggest concern, like when it comes to like that whole paranormal side and stuff like that, it just reminds me of like the whole what if your fucking console gets, uh, you know, fucking uh, possessed kind of thing and fucking yeah. your shit or just stupid shit like that sometimes. But it's like a very real thing. Yeah. To like that inanimate fear of just like your car kicking on and doing shit that you're not used to. Um, fucking not using a heavy piece of equipment and then turning on, you know? Yeah. Like, cause I actually had that happen. It's not That's a scary sense. story. Oh, but Corrine it says that they had a, the Corrine says that she has a similar experience with the Scooby-Doo doll. It was a plush toy with a wizard hat. I know the one you're talking about. Cause I seen those at like fairs and stuff like that and would say, mm-hmm. yipe. Be honest, I loved it. Got me into Curse Cowardly Dog. <laughs> it was a great show. Fair. Yeah, no, um, because um, not like I said, it's not a scary story, but it's like where I call like a ghost in the machine or uh, something. Mm-hmm. Is uh, at work one time I was at Target working in the back room. Uh, I was uh, the person that was pulling all the merchandise into carts so that way they can be restocked and whatnot throughout the day. And right. there was one time I was uh, backing up the crown, which is a piece of machinery that's almost like a forklift. It's a mechanized forklift. That's best, best to say it without being like an actual forklift. And yeah. as I was backing it up, it stopped. I was like, OK, what happened here? And I just let it go. And as soon as I let it go, it rolled back up into my shin and my leg. And it just bruised me badly. But that's one of those Ugh. things where it's like, I don't know if that was something that was supposed to happen. But uh, yeah, I never want to touch this thing again. <laughs> There was um, uh, uh, when now now anybody in that has had any amount of time in the military, if they've stood duty in like an old barracks or something like that, they'll they'll have like a, a similar experience. But um, I was what was called the duty NCO, the duty non commissioned officer, and it was me and a staff uh, a staff NCO who was like a staff sergeant all the way up to a gunny. So you had like E six and E seven always standing duty with us. And uh, my job as the duty NCO was to make a rounds around the barracks. And one night as I was making rounds around our barracks, because at this point in time, we had two separate duties. We had a duty in the old barracks because they were clearing that one out to move into the ones that were freshly built. And um, as I was making my rounds, have, have you ever seen Gothica? Yes. You know, when she like walks into the wall, how it's kind of like glitchy and she kind of like lags as she steps. Mm. It's like that phase almost. Yeah. I like as I like rounded the corner, I see a Marine like full camis with his his cover in his hand walk from one door in like same way that the lady from Gothica did. Just eh, 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 eh. Oh, I chop the microphone, but walk from one door to the other. And yeah. as I walked up and looked at both doors, both of them were locked. And I was like, awesome. what the hell? <laughs> and I didn't hear a door open or a door shut because these barracks were built back in like 1945. Yeah, no, uh, barrack stories are always fucking the best. Uh Fucking whether it be parties or horror stories, there's all kinds of shit that happens with barracks, man. I swear to God. And it's always the ones that are the ones that are like, hey, these were supposed to be temporary. Uh, but, you know, they're 40 years old now. So we're just dealing with it with the mold yeah. in the corner and shit. <laughs> You're fine, Corrine. I, I used to say I'm the duty. It Immaturity is like the best thing, though. Like, I absolutely love it because. Oh, it, me too. 
this still makes me feel young. Oh my God. <laughs> Cause when I said that fucking story earlier with the, the King Kong doll or stuffy, it's like, that's going on 30 years ago. And dude, that fucking feels so weird to say. <laughs> my sister told me that Barb, that Barbie and I had that I had, and it keeps telling my sister, I'm going to kill your big sister. What? You gotta. Yeah. So I think I still I, I think I've told the story in the podcast uh, that or I told you privately. I don't remember. But mm-hmm. uh, was my friend jumping out the window? Oh, yeah. You, you've told you've told me that privately. Yeah. yeah I remember okay, so, it very vaguely. So one of the reasons why I love horror and one of the reasons why I hate jump scares so much is because uh, I was probably in middle school. I want to say I was like seventh grade. Um <laughs> I was watching on this small ass TV the back reality. in the day. It was a it was a very fucking big ish TV for a bedroom for a kid to have in their room. It was like a fucking I don't know sixteen by eighteen. That's uh, a big TV, TV back then, yeah. With VHS and DVD player built in it. <laughs> I had the one with just a VHS player. <laughs> yeah, no, I saved up uh, quite a bit for that. Uh, anywho, I don't blame you. We were we were. Um, I was watching Friday fall asleep uh obviously not supposed to be watching those kind of movies that young whatever uh watching the movie and all of a sudden i just hear out my window but uh i didn't know it was my friend but he's going bye bye like singing in sync i was like look out my window screen's still on and i'm not really paying attention to the screen but i'm like okay whatever i can go back to watching it trying to fall asleep all of a sudden i just hear then i hear my name he's calling me and i was like What's going on? And this is all within like a seven minute span. And as I'm about to like go look in my window again, he somehow was carefully and quietly able to take my screen off as I'm about to like open like my blinds to pull back and look out there. He pops out the window. It's just like, what are you doing? What are you doing? I scream at the top of my fucking lungs and I'm just crying. I mean, like you swear that like someone just got stabbed or whatever and i am just fucking in hysterics my mom kicks the door open it's like what the hell's going on and my buddy's just like i'm so sorry i didn't think this would scare you that bad i apologize i'm so sorry and my mom's like what the fuck are you doing in here and then that's all i remember because i was just so fucking so fucking just out of it i was not able to sleep <laughs> for the longest time <laughs> Um, but that's one of the reasons why I love horror is that adrenaline rush of being absolutely terrified. It's always the best until it's not. <laughs> it's a- exactly. It's like, oh, I love this. And then you're in that situation and you're like, I don't love this. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. Come pick me up, granddad. Kids are being weird at the, at the trailer park. <laughs> Mom, I'm scared. Come pick me up. Kids at camp are being weird again. Oh my god! I I never had someone scare me like that before, but my grandpa he's always been a he's always been a quiet walker. <laughs> he's always been like a really quiet walker, and like when I was be doing something that I wasn't supposed to, he he would be standing over me, and me not knowing he was there as a young child, he'd just be like, "What are you doing?" And I'd be like, "I'd be like nothing." Yeah, and he'd be silent like, "Fucking stalking walk!" Oh my god. So that's why I'm a big fan of like Michael Myers <laughs> because my grandpa could just be like, oh, what are you doing? Shit. Nothing. Like those fucking, uh, uh, 
sergeants and fucking lieutenants that they get that help you out during land navs or when you're doing oh. FTXs and shit like that and they just oh. out of nowhere <laughs> we, we legit had a, a lieutenant pop up out of a fighting hole and be like you boys lost and we're like Jesus sir he's just like go that way Run. your head is the wrong way that's where they test demolition go that way and we're like so 180 degrees that way okay Okay. Also, I hate when like you are going the wrong way and you're getting close to fucking boundaries and they fucking pop up out of nowhere. What's your grid say? How far away from grid are you supposed to be? And it's like, fuck. Where the <laughs> fuck did you come from? <laughs> we had we uh, we had a night land nav course. This isn't like a this isn't like a horror story, but this is like a, it scared the shit out of me. We had a yeah. uh, a night land nav course out in the middle of the woods in Jacksonville, North Carolina, and I had this little sergeant. He was about two to three inches shorter than me. And his name was Sergeant Williams. He was a cool dude. Loved him to death. I, if I could see him still to this day, I would, you know, catch up with him. He was just one of those cool dudes. And he, <laughs> not North Carolina. <laughs> and uh, we were doing the Nightland nav course. And like, I'm standing there and this, you had to do everything by yourself. Like you, you they split us up into singles and then they had like, 50 million checkpoints different people had to go to different directions so you couldn't look at your buddy's map and be like hey we got the same one let's go there it was all random and while i'm like standing there i got a red beam on my on my kevlar and i'm looking down at my map and i just kind of i just kind of feel like an ominous presence just kind of dangling over me and i turn around and right when I do, he springs out of the bush, grabs me by my flak jacket and yanks me into the bush. And all you got out of me was <laughs> as he like <laughs> it's so fast. <laughs> I'm, I'm laying in the bush like I still have my map. I still have my red light on. He goes, turn your fucking light off. I was like, click. And he's just like, I was like, was I going the wrong way? He's like, no, you got your checkpoint. He's like, you finished. I was like, why am I in the bush? He's like, cuss. I'm taking captives. And then like, he was like, don't move. You're, you're, you're bound and you're gagged. Don't move. Don't make a sound. I'm just laying on my back like a turtle feet like this, like, like a dead roach. And I'm just like a position pretty much. Yeah. Just <laughs> I sergeant. He's like, good shit. I'm going to go find somebody else to capture. And he just, and I'm just sitting there like, anything in heaven. I want to go home. I really want to go home. <laughs> And he came back like oh, 10 yeah. minutes later with, with somebody else. And he just threw him into my bush. They land next to me. And they're like, you get captured too. I was like, I was the first one. He's like, ah, and then we just see him just like open the bush. He pokes his head in and goes, shut the fuck up. You guys are bound and gagged. And we're like, I sergeant. <laughs> I was wearing my dark green pants even better. <laughs> oh yeah. I was going to say a story that popped in my head was you telling that story. Uh, me and uh, an uh, ex-boyfriend of mine and a good friend of mine. Um, we were, this is why uh, Silent Hill Homecoming It's not the best in the series, but it holds a special place because we had so many bonding moments over that game. Right. Um, one of the times it was one of our, you know, summer vacations from high school or I think it was like our senior year or junior time senior year summer vacation. Right. And um, we stayed up all night playing games, of course. Uh, and it's like three in the morning or so. And right. we're sitting there playing this game and we're like, oh, this is one of our favorite parts because we were trying to go for all the endings and we weren't scared of the game. I mean, this part still scared us, but not like to the point where we were like not expecting it. You know, it's that anticipation yeah. build up and whatnot. And it's just a simple thing. We're sitting there so focused on the screen. Also, my mom just is in the room. and She just goes, 
Why are you guys still up? And her just calmly saying that scared the fuck out of us. <laughs> You're like, well, yeah, because we were just like, what are you? <laughs> <laughs> and then in that same like vacation at some point or another, we were sitting there doing the same thing, playing games at you know two, three, four in the morning. And no. I had an old Chewini. Uh, we call him a Chewini because he was a Doxy Chihuahua Basset Hound mix. And oh, he had your Rottweiler coloring. And obviously, you know, we don't have the lights on. So we're sitting there gaming. All of a sudden, we just happen to look towards the kitchen in my parents' house. And we just see this dark figure just on the ground, bum rushing us. And we freaked out until he fucking came into the light. And oh my God, my heart dropped right there because we were both just like, and like we're about to fucking try and run away but we had nowhere to go <laughs> just got fucking scared out of the shitless from a fucking dog at night so i i don't know i don't know what this was i, I want to preface this before i even start telling the story if i were to call my brother right now he would he would give you a, a secondhand account of this this is my adopted brother the one that i got adopted into the family and um it was me him and a friend from like high, high school and we had gone to the mall. When we went to the mall, we decided to go uh, grab some Frosties and burgers from Wendy's and then go back and catch a movie. Well, on our way back from Wendy's, we're walking down the road. And as we're walking down the road, there's like a construction site. And I'm like, I really got a piece. So I got a Sprite with no lid, a Frosty that's half melted also with no lid. I set them on this friggin' like uh, concrete pipe that they were going to use for like plumbing and stuff. Mm-hmm. or for sewage excuse me not plumbing but um Same shit. yeah yeah but what i what i do is i set that down i turn to where there's two concrete pipes that come to an angle but you could easily like walk through it if you you know if you're not like to andre the giants and i start taking a <laughs> i start taking a piss i'm not even i'm not even gonna lie about that i'm like oh, i gotta go you can't see me from the roadway and then there's just pitch black in front of me. And my eyes have adjusted to the darkness at this point in time. So I can see stuff in the dark, not like night vision goggles type shit, but like no, I no, can but you can see shapes and so on and so forth. I know exactly what you mean. And then from out of nowhere, as I'm like standing there taking a piss. Silence. <laughs> Sorry, girls are trying to come in, but um. But as I'm standing there taking a piss, I see I see a figure that is taller than me stand up from behind the bush that's on the other side of the concrete pipes. And I just go (gasps) while still taking a whiz, grab my frosty and my sprite and run with my hands straight out in front of me like this and run right past my brother and my friend and go, fuck you guys. (laughs) And they were like. He's running. Why are we not? And then they just go boom, right past. They catch they catch up to me and I stop where there's light and I'm turning around. And they're like, what happened? And I tell them exactly what happened. And they're like. How far did you run? And I ran probably like close to about a quarter of a mile full sprint with my arm straight out in front. I didn't spill a drop of either the frosty or the Sprite and just. Hauling ass. <laughs> like I was leaning back like they said I was running like shaggy off of Scooby-Doo like, <laughs> <laughs> this is, 
Corinne says, uh, I had a similar experience with one of those nighttime bathroom visits sitting down to pee, but I didn't fully close the door. And right as I sat down, my cat decided to nudge the door (laughs) open and stare at me like, sup, you want to get me some food? No lights on in the bathroom too. Oh, Jesus. It's it's the worst. It's always simple things too that make it the scariest. That's why I love static horror so much. Um, Oh yeah. I think one of my paranormal ones that like still terrifies me to this day because I don't know what the fuck was going on. I I think I told this one on the podcast was the um, playing games at night with me and my friend and uh, went outside for a cigarette. And as we walk outside, all we fucking hear is a downpour rain. Oh, yeah. We walk out there and told me this off screen. Yeah, and fucking there's no rain happening whatsoever, but I'm hearing fucking we're hearing downpouring into the gutter, into the grass, into the asphalt, everything. And I was like, what the fuck? Okay, weird. We walk back inside and all of a sudden the house phone rings at like fucking two in the morning, three in the morning. I was like, okay, I'll wait for mom and dad to pick it up. It's probably for them. It's probably a family emergency that I don't need to know about kind of thing, you know, because being young, you don't answer the house phone. It's the parents duty to do that. And I'm sitting, we're sitting there, rings three, four, five times. I'm like, okay, fuck. Go over, I answer. I was like, hello. And all I hear is just this odd, like very soft tone voice of a woman. Be like, hi, uh, are your parents around kind of thing? It was like, they're asleep. Is this some kind of joke? It's like, oh no, just want to make sure everything was okay. Um, well, anywho, will you guys have a safe night? Goodbye. And it was it was like the creepiest thing. Hung up the phone. I was like, "What the?" And I told my friend the, the whole story, like what just happened. He was just like, "That's fucking eerie, bro." It was like, "Yeah." And we go to sit down to continue our game, and all we fucking do is see a reflection. Again, this is at night. There is no lights behind my house. This is fucking light silhouette of a figure, hand wave gone i would have just turned off the game we were like we're throwing on shows right now we're gonna watch cartoons and we're just gonna stay up until we see daybreak and then we'll go to bed (laughs) yeah fuck that just the slow blob just the slow dark blob becoming more definite is terrifying yeah i completely agree (laughs) i um well i've i've mentioned this on my stream i've mentioned this to miz i've said this in other shows i've been a part of and and everything like that and i i lived in a haunted house growing up in florida um little backstory of this house it was built in like the early 1900s like 1904 or something like that and then they just added on to it it was a solid concrete house for like a good i'd say about three-fourths of it there was a couple parts that were you know kind of cemented over wood kind of thing and um what happened was is i was uh home alone this was after my grandma had passed away i was a teenager at this point and i was home alone my mom had moved somewhere else my aunt had moved out and my uncle had passed away so it was just me by my by myself my grandpa was a long-haul truck driver so uh, i think it was probably about 13 14 and i'm sitting there watching tv and as i'm watching tv i was watching uh what was I watching? I think I was watching Don't Be a Menace to Society while boys drink juice in the hood. <laughs> well, you, so I fucking love Don't, Don't Be a Menace. So, it's such a fucking good movie. 
It, it really is. I wasn't doing, I wasn't watching anything scary. And this was at the point in time to where like I was a big, I was a really big chicken because this house freaked me out in, in many different ways. And I'll share some of those tonight. But while I was sitting there, the movie on cable like cut off, like the screen just went pitch black. And I just see this dark silhouette just standing there staring at me like this in this pose, just staring at me. I'm staring at the TV. It's staring at the back of my head. If it wanted to, it could have reached out and like put its hand on my shoulder. And I'm just staring at the TV, just wide eyed, scared shitless, maintaining eye contact with the TV. And then as I'm like, okay, maybe if I turn around and something's there, I can do something about it. Like I didn't have a plan beyond that. Yeah. (laughs) And I jump up from my couch, which in front of my couch, there was just a brick wall, two windows, and the TV was nestled in the corner on the other side of the furthest window, I jump up and turn around. And as my feet hit the floor, my movie turns right back on from where it left off. I couldn't pause it. This was live cable network TV with no DVR. So I couldn't, re- I didn't have it recorded. I was just watching on, on like comedy central or something like that. And as my feet hit the floor plays back from where it left off, nothing behind the couch. And I'm like, Hmm. Do we investigate or do I call my brother and see if I can go spend the night at his house? I call my brother and see if I can go spend the night at his house. Yeah, fuck stand there. <laughs> and I just walked down the road and spent the night with my brother. Welcome back, Luna. I walked down the road and spent the night at my brother's house. And I'm like, I'm, I tell him everything that happened. And he's just like, no, you, you're, you're spending the night here. And whatever it was that lived in that house because there was a bunch of those spirits in that house. But one of the spirits in that house did not like me for whatever reason. And it, and it wanted to hurt me. Mm. Did, I don't know funny. what it was. I hearing that story reminds me of like uh, several other ones that have happened to me either in nightmares or whatnot, but it's funny how it's like the first reaction is to just, you know what? I'm going to run away or I'm going to go out Side in this dark fucking mm-hmm. world with streetlights mm-hmm. if I'm lucky and f- go somewhere quote unquote safer. It's like I'm literally throwing myself into the void right here asking hey someone come fucking kill me. <laughs> yeah and what what made it even worse was that this this was not my this was not my uncle this was not my grandma both the, uh, my grandma had passed away in the house my uncle did not. But another eerie part about that house is that uh, after it was constructed, it got bought by a church and then renovated and added on to, and they added on like this one part of the house, which was like a six foot gap in the wall and just wood paneling. And if you walked up and you tapped on it, it was hollow, but on one side was cabinets. And then on the other side was my bathroom. And that was originally where the garage was. And why they renovated it, they never had like a reason, a purpose. Like they didn't even have like um, permits for it. They just did it and bought the land that bought bought more land to add on to it because originally my like the house was on like a one square acre of yard, and then by when the church bought it, it was on like two full square acres. And I'm just like, hmm, I feel like horror movies start with, hey, the church owned this house. And yeah, uh, <laughs> renovated it and then uh, sold it to us. And then we're selling it to you. 
But yeah, that house, fuck that house. Yeah, no, um, I don't blame you on that. I, I, oh, God, it's always the worst. Uh, do we want to read another story from these suggestions? Yes. Uh, the next one is actually from Corrine. So the real supernatural. So the only real supernatural thing that has happened to me is when I was younger in like middle school. I was very much enjoying reading through the classics like the Odyssey, Tuesdays with Maury, Lord of the Flies, Of Mice and Men, and riffing on other classics I hated like The Scarlet Letter, The Great Gatsby, etc. Then we finally had reached our Shakespeare portion where we read one comedy and one tragedy. I like the comedy, A Midsummer, A Midsummer Night, and our tragedy we Midsummer picked Night's was Dream. Macbeth. Midsummer Night's Dream. <laughs> Sorry. And, uh, tragedy, and our tragedy we picked was Macbeth. With it followed all the stigma about its effects and the commonly being referred to as the Scottish play. I was chosen to read a passage and turned out to be the chosen and turned out to be chosen to read one of the witch parts and enchantments therein. I thought nothing of it. I thought nothing of uh, I thought nothing of it till I actually read one and immediately felt the mood of the room shift. I couldn't figure out why nothing happened to the rest of the class or the or the time I was in school. But that night I was writing down the words of the passage I had read for homework to fill a page like most would do at that time. And the same eerie feeling crept into the room. And before I knew it, there was a terrible thunderstorm, howling wind, crackling thunder, flashing lightning, and a knock on my door. I answered it to find my dad, who had come to tell me it was 8 or 8.30. And who normally uh, and who was and who normally is already inside of these types of storms or usually had found somewhere to hunker down for the night. It hadn't it hadn't as it was coming home. It had gotten it had got hit by a car and had hobbled up the driveway for my dad to hear it mewing outside. Oh, cat. It's a cat. Sorry, I misread that. (laughs) Didn't say I was good at reading. You skipped the, it was, it was, it was Corrine's cat. It was her cat that had gotten hit. Uh, tell me my cat who, who, who had gotten hit. Uh, heard it mewing outside the door. Then he got me. I won't go into much more detail, but needless to say that cat died that night. At least we were together in the end. Oh, poor kitty. I apologize, Corrine. Oh, Shay, you lovely person. Was like, I was about, Shay almost came in here. I was like, I was going to bully you guys. <laughs> <laughs> to bully. But, um, yeah, like, I, uh, I don't have a weird story about, like, anything creepy happening to my pets. However, I do have one about my dog. We had a, uh, uh, I had a dog named Slick, and he was half wolf, half Siberian husky, and then something else a little bit of chow in there somewhere i don't know what the mix was between his dad and his mom but i know his his dad was wolf and his mom was chow and she was mean as shit but um we had him and he and he slowly went from being my aunt's dog to being my dog and one night he we brought him inside because it was getting ready to rain like super super hard Macbeth has a lot of stigma like there's nothing like there's something in or about the play that causes bad that yeah i've heard that 
And um, in the process of him sleeping in my room, because my room was like the most front of the house. Like it was like the front door turn left my room right there. And uh, that was honestly the most haunted room in the house, but it was also the biggest room in the house. So I kind of had a, a win lose situation by picking that room. Um, but while he was sleeping next to me in my bed and he was kind of like cuddled up against my arm and I had like my head kind of resting on his shoulder. He had like really pointy ears and when he would be sleeping, they would kind of like cross or point towards each other to let me know he was relaxed. Cause he'd always sleep on his, he'd always sleep on his right side, paws out in front of him just straight. And that's the way that he slept. And then I feel him kind of lift his head up. And when he lifted his head up, I just hear him growling at the corner of my room. I arrived to bully some bearded dude named Jimmy. <laughs> and I'll let him know you said that. Hi, <laughs> Shay. Um, but uh, I feel him kind of lift his head up, look in the corner of my room where there's nothing there. I don't have posters, no nothing. And he's growling at it. Hi, <laughs> Shay. And um, in the process of him growling at it, I kind of like rub my eyes. I do like the stereotypical like... <gasps> what is it boy and i look up and i see this pale white face kind of similar to what's behind me staring at me and and it's just smiling this creepy crooked smile but it's not straight on with me it's kind of tilted to the side and i'm just like stare i'm like uh i see it see me see it <laughs> nap time for an hour enjoy your nap shay enjoy the nap uh, <laughs> and i'm just like sitting there staring at it and my dog is growling at it and then like as like my vision starts to focus because mind you i'm very nearsighted i have been for a good portion of my life and i put my glasses on and as i'm putting my glasses on i see the figure like go from fully visible in my nearsighted ass vision from across the room to like slowly dissipating as I'm placing my glasses on my face. And as I place my glasses on my face, my dog like slowly goes from like just lifting his head up, to standing on all fours in like an, a defensive position in between yeah, the corner of the room and me up and everything. And I'm like, I like reach up and I like touch my dog and he it like, he never really snapped at me, but he just like continued to like growl and my mom was still living at, at, at the house with me, with my, with my grandparents at the time. And her room was right across the hall from mine. She comes across the hall, flicks the light on. And as she flicks the light on, my dog is still standing there at the edge of my bed, growling at the corner of my room. And she's like, I thought he was growling at you. What, what is going on? I was like, I saw something. It's okay. I'm going to get slick to go back to sleep. She goes, okay. Well, in the process of, me getting slick to lay back down she turned she turned the light off after he laid back down and he'd like at this point in time he like instead of him just laying back down the way that he was where his his body was up against my oh, arm and right side he lays across my chest front paws and head on the opposite side of me basically like covering from my neck down to like the middle of my chest and just staring at that corner until i fall asleep I wake up the next morning. He's still in that same position, but he's asleep. And I reach up and I pat his head and his ears perk up and his eyes go right back to that corner. And he just stares at it. And I'm like, you want to go outside, buddy? 
see his tail wag, but he doesn't move. And I'm like, okay, let's, let's go outside. Let's, let's do that. At like six in the morning. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I fucking, so not with the like animal incident in the sense, but I've had the, uh, that like paranormal in a sense uh thing in the corner or whatever happened to me <clears throat> i remember this very specifically because this happened like eight different times because of like I, i've had what like a lot of people refer to as the sleep paralysis demon and uh i remember specifically i don't even know what time it was because you obviously can't move during that uh i woke yeah. up in the middle of the night and you know you try and set this up but it feels like there's everything in the world on your fucking chest that you can't fucking move or breathe and just, I just happened. Yeah, just fucking. you can't even lift your head. You can't. The only thing that works is your breathing and your eyes. And I happen to yeah. look down towards my feet, like as low as I can. I see my feet and at the very base of it is just this like faceless girl. And all I can see is like these just two empty holes, like just water pouring down as she's crying. And as she's crying, it's just like. I'm assuming staring back at me, but like we're like looking at each other as best we can. And then like I blink gone. And I still don't do anything like I was like, okay, I try to move again as I don't know if it's like a dream or a nightmare, but it's like couldn't move. And as soon as I like looked down, I was like, oh, you know, like the exacerbated like, oh, fuck me. And as soon as I like rolled mm-hmm. my eyes and look straight right above my face, just staring there. And then I woke mm. up. <laughs> like, nope, fuck that. Fuck that. Fuck every bit of that. I, I, I would have like, I've 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 only had sleep paralysis one time and the one time that I did like I don't know what it was but like I forced myself to just roll out of my bed like I just landed on the floor I was just oh, like I, I could not move because my first instinct was fight or flight and I was like I can't move my legs fight <laughs> flop and I was like this isn't fighting <laughs> I had no option. Mine was literally forced me because again, I was just stuck. Yeah. Like I, like I have a, I had a friend, she used to have really bad night. She used to have really bad combination of night terrors and sleep paralysis. But the only thing she could move was like, she could kick her legs. And it freaked me out because like she, she would make the sound where she was trying to scream, but her mouth would stay closed and she would kick her legs. And I was just like, what the fuck is going on? And it just it freaked me out. I don't know about like that is it's also OK. So like another one, like it's nothing like super scary. Uh, but as a kid, it's fucking terrifying. Uh, you, yeah. you ever have those quote unquote camp outside a friend's house where you pretty much set up a tent in the backyard and you all sleep out in the backyard? Mm-hmm. I miss those. Okay, so, yeah. So that we had a camp out at my friend's house and uh Obviously, uh, you you know, all the kids are fucking out, out there being kids. Like, you got six boys being six boys, rough housing. Oh, let's tell some scary stories and so on and so forth. Uh, so we're telling scary stories, like stupid ghost stories, you know, as best as like 10 year olds can. And then on the car, there was but a hook. Yeah, you know, stupid shit like that. And so we're sitting there telling these stories and we've got obviously the light underneath and we're looking like this. We're like, and then, you know, stupid ghost stories. Yeah. And as we're telling these stories, my friend's dad thought it'd be a great idea to just fucking start scratching at the fucking tent and like, oh, it's a dog or whatever. Like, oh, the dog got out kind of thing. And um, we were like, okay, cool. Let's see what happens with 
the story and see that how bad it gets. And as we're in the middle of telling it, I don't remember who was telling. I think it was my friend Levi. He's mm-hmm. about to tell a story. And as he's like, it was a cold night. The friend's dad literally grabs the tent and fucking shakes the shit out of it. And you just hear six fucking boys. <laughs> Corinne says, oh, or my favorite version, man, door, hand, hook, car, door. Yeah. <laughs> I like my my grandpa did that to me and a couple of my friends because we did that because we had a gazebo because my 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 yard in Florida just was covered in ants. And uh, one night oh, we're sitting out doing the same thing in the gazebo, you know, just telling ghost stories and stuff like that. And I got the flashlight under me and I'm like, and then the what was it? I was like, and then the 911 operator said the call's coming from inside the house. My grandpa unzips the friggin' flap and just sticks his head in and just goes. <laughs> and I take I get up and try to take off running one way. My friend gets up and takes off trying to go the other way. And then my last friend just like gets up and tries to bolt for the door. And all three of us just go whack and just run into each other. And my grandpa's like, it's getting ready to rain. You want to come in the house? And I'm just laying there with the wind knocked out of me. Yeah, I'm okay. Yeah. He he thought that like, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, he thought that shit was funnier than hell because he just seen three three like preteen 12 year old boys just go bam all at the same time hard as hell knocking the wind out of each other and my two friends are like i want to go home now and they live like right across the street from me so they went home and i came in i came in the house with my tent like all freaking deflated and folded up and everything and my grandpa's laughing the entire time my grandma's like you leave them boys alone and he was like it was funny as shit and she was like you ruined his sleepover he goes, yeah, but they won't forget anytime soon. Then freaking yeah. 15 plus years later, I still remember it. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's always the best. I, I like when those funny scares happen like that. And you look back and laugh at it. But then there are those ones that we've obviously talked about time and time again that like scarred us. Yeah, I still remember very one one full time. Uh, we all went hunting um, and as we're hunting, obviously, you know, you have your groups together and you guys are fucking either two, three or whoever, how many you're going. You try and keep it close knit because where we used to go hunting was out in uh, fucking Wyoming for some boar. And Ooh. I'm never going for boar again. Uh, if I have a rifle, I'll go for boar. If you ever tell me we're going boar sticking again, uh, keep the fuck away from me. Anywho, <laughs> we were understandable. Out to hunt. We're out hunting and we started at, I don't know, fuck five in the morning we took a break around lunchtime went back to campgrounds uh spent like the quite a while there and we're like okay let's go hunting at night and see if you know because that's always a great idea let's go hunting oh at yeah night. especially for <laughs> oh yeah for real so we're like okay let's wait till it gets dark and we'll start going on because it'll be more uh settled in and easier to track right well we're going and at some point our genius ideas were like our minds, I should say, were like, hey, you know what? It'd be better if we spread out and oh no, fucking go on our own to cover more ground, right? right. Yeah, you already see where this is going. And of course, the one stereotypical thing that I absolutely hate because it fucking resonates with me is anytime you're getting near something, your light flickers. Yeah. 
So I have my fucking little headlamp on and all of a sudden just flickers. And I was like, pull it, pulled it off my hand and look at it. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, exactly. And fucking put it back on. It's like, okay, we should be good. We're fine. And as soon as I have the fucking light straight forward again, you just see like, like signs when you see the leg turn and turn into the cornfield. I just see yeah. a figure. My mind immediately pulls out walkie talkie goes, hey, guys, I got some movement over here. <laughs> <laughs> and also I just hear shuffle, 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 shuffle. I was like, okay, who's behind me? I need to know so that way I don't, you know, instinctively turn around and pull the trigger. And all I get is static. And then I just hear over the little fucking walkie-talkie, uh, dude, we're back at camp. <laughs> and my mind immediately starts running. I'm sitting there like, okay, I'm dead, or I have one clean shot at something, and then I'm dead. What do I do? So I turn around, but uh, before I turn around, I can just see this like light flickering behind me. As I turn around, I just hear, don't move. It's me. I just don't want to spook whatever's there. I was like, warning next time, some type of warning. But I still have like my head kind of like looking this way, but it's like cocked so I can hear this way. And as he gets closer again, figure move to another bush. And he's like, what was that? I was like, I don't know. And we're fucking slowly moving closer to this spot. And it just happened to be a rabbit. But fucking my mind this shit i'm dead <laughs> it's the sam squanch yeah it's something it's a fucking windigo it's a fucking you know chupacabra i don't know it's fucking aliens for all i know but the <laughs> adrenaline rush inside me and my mind was like i'm i'm dead i am fucking dead <laughs> Corrine says, uh, no real story like that in terms of camping, just an odd occurrence where I woke up one night to feel my nose being licked by a by a black racer snake. Glad it's not poisonous, but nope, I'm good at camping in the backyard around here. <laughs> I don't blame you. you know, that's fair. That's fair. I was going to say the worst story when it comes to like out of my control, real life horror is I remember waking up one time and uh, we went, uh, I think we went out to one of the beaches down over here and we camped out and everything like that. And spiders are not a big thing around the beaches. I mean, you'll find like, the occasional right. ones, but they're usually more inside the city and or in the woods and whatnot. Right. Happened to wake up to go take a piss, went outside to my brother's camper, went and used his bathroom, came back out, fell back asleep and woke up at like, I don't know, like seven, right as the day was cracking over the ocean open my eyes and I'm on my side like this and I open my eyes and there's a fucking tarantula right here on my shoulder. And I was just, <laughs> but the immediate wake jolt of fear was like, Oh my God, I'm not okay. I'm awake. Don't need coffee. Don't need nothing. We're good. Uh, so I do I need a new like pair of pants. Uh, yeah, exactly. I, I feel you Kareen, on that. Trust me. I feel you. So, uh, we were, this another military story for me. We were out in the Mojave Viper training. And I had fallen asleep. I had just had my, uh, I had taken my friggin' sleeping system and zip tied it around my face because it was like negative 10 that night because of the wind chill. <laughs> and like I had just had my face exposed and I pulled my beanie down over my eyes. So I look like, uh, <laughs> I look like Baby Joker off of, off of next Friday. And all you oh can see God. is my mouth. And I wake up, it's like, I don't know it's like six so the, the dawn is just peeking over the mountains and everything like that and I'm like Ugh. so I reach up instead of like coming all the way out of my sleeping system I push my beanie up and I look down big ass spider on my chest and my buddy John standing over me with an e-tool going don't move and I was like 
what, what, what are you doing? He was like, stay perfectly calm. What are you doing? And he, I'm like looking at him, looking at the spider and the spider's just like. And I swear I can. Yeah, I can. I swear I see the spider just like if I don't move, the big thing won't kill me. And it's I feel I can feel the spider just like looking at me, looking at my buddy John's looking at me being like, it's warm in that sleeping system. I want to get in there. And my buddy John's just goes, I'm really sorry for this. And I go, what are you? And he just goes, ping, 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 ping. Beat the shit out of the center of my chest with that shovel about two or three times. Doesn't kill the spider. Pisses it the fuck off. At which point this thing turns, thankfully, Towards him, big six foot four corn fed motherfucker from Oklahoma looks at this, looks at the spider turned towards him and he goes, ah! drops the shovel, takes off running and the spider just crawls off of me after him. And I'm just I set up and I'm like, nope, 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 done. And he later comes back and I have this big shovel shaped bruise on my chest as I'm like showering to start the day in ice cold water, like just like, ow, 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 ow. And he goes, hey, um, about the shovel. <laughs> I'm really sorry. I was trying to save you from getting bit, but I'm really, really, really sorry I was like, you could have used a boot that would have hurt a whole lot less. Or you could have just yeah. picked it up with the shovel and thrown it like there were so many options you had. You chose to beat the shit out of me and piss it off. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like it's I didn't think that far ahead. No, Karini also points out a very big thing that I haven't had this exact thing happen, but something similar, which is, uh, you know, what's worse is driving down the road and seeing a little black and white jumping spider crawl up my steering wheel. Then it jumped on me while I was driving. <laughs> like I've had a situation like that where it's like I have my window about halfway open and I'm having mm-hmm. a cigarette and it's like flicking the ash out. <clears throat> and then as I'm literally going like just driving normally, I happen to like look over as I'm flicking ash out and there's just this fucking spider hanging on for dear life, slowly crawling up. And I was like, put out cigarette real quick, roll up window. <laughs> it's just <laughs> the fact of like when you're driving and you're technically at one of your most vulnerable moments, because you really can't just be like, oh, no, and like stop and kill it or whatever. So yeah. either you fucking eliminate its access in here or you deal with it. And so drive off the a window. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I rolled up the window. And it was fine. And all of a sudden, next thing I know, it's fucking like fucking somehow inside on the front uh, like uh, windshield. I can just see it slowly creeping on the inside. I was like, Oh no. <laughs> I had a spider. Shay says I had a spider that was the size of my hand and it lay on my head for 10 minutes until until it left since my dog kept barking at it. Just oh my god. Um funny funny story. Uh this happened uh the second time I went to college. I rode to lunch with a but with uh with two of my with three of my other buddies and we were in my buddy Dylan's truck. And I'm in the back. I can't get out on one side because he got the truck from his grandma at the who had pat, I shat myself that night. <laughs> I don't blame you. I would say don't blame you at all. And um, on on my side, you can't open the door because there's a wheelchair lift that was on that side that would lift the, the, his grandma up into the passenger side seat. 
and they had taken the lift part out, but you still couldn't open the door. And me and my buddy Ross, he's in front of me. You can open up the front passenger side door, but you can't open up the back passenger side door. But you can open up all the other three doors except for mine. And in the middle of us, like driving out of a parking lot towards a stop sign, a spider crawled out onto his sun visor and he goes, nope, and just hops out of a moving lifted truck walking beside it as we're creeping towards the stop sign and i'm like sitting there grabbing the handle can't get my door open my buddy ross jumps out of the passenger side door and then my other buddy jumps out of the crawls up jumps in the driver's seat slams on the brakes punches the ceiling at the same time misses the spider lands on him he just starts freaking out hops out of the truck and then you've got me in the back seat that's still stuck and i'm like uh, guys uh, i'm about to drive into traffic uh someone stop this truck so i jumped up in the front seat and slammed on the brakes and threw it in the park and I turn and I like stick my head out of the driver's side door and all three of them are standing huddled behind the truck just staring at me like is the spider gone? And I was like, you assholes! Get them back in the truck! Yeah, they know what you could do. <laughs> What's up, Jackrin? Um, I, I think, honestly, the thing that really terrified me the most is sometimes with like mild schizophrenia issues at, at times yep. and or like when you're just out in public, especially during the day. That's why I love when there's like a daytime scene and there's a lot of horror elements and or jump scares that kind of happen during the day because it's so rare to see those. It um, really is. But I love it, but I hate it at the same time because there are times when uh, like I'll be walking and like this was like, oh, shit, 12 years ago. So I was like at work uh, walking through the store, just kind of restocking shelves and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And you hear and feel that soft breath and that warm breath on the nape of your neck and inside your ear. And you can just feel that. <sighs> You're like, and uh. yeah, it's like. There's nothing there. And you like start waving around. But then like when you're like waving around, it somehow gets louder. And it's just like consistently hovering over you feeling that feeling to me is like that existential dread that Mm -hmm. makes your like spidey senses tingle in a sense. And Mm -hmm. when it does that, uh, when it does happen to me, it hasn't happened to me for a long time. Uh, When it does happen, the only thoughts that always run through my head is just like, what's going to happen as in like, is it going to be? I guess the best way is like evil or is it going to be a dick? <laughs> and you're just like, hmm, I want to go home. I want to go home right yeah, now. Yeah, and it's like it's two hours into my shift. I've got six more to go. I'm not looking forward to today now. <laughs> yeah, like, today's just done. It's just shot. Mm. Let's see. Oh, agreed, Corian. Agreed. Wait. When you've got animals that are like very chill, that are technically predators, like spiders, snakes, and so on, so they're very chill animals kind of thing. I love that, but I also hate it at the same time because then it's like you let literally all your defenses down when you're just like, oh, this little thing. Yeah, like, oh, I could tell you stories about the time that my mom almost crashed like three vehicles, three three separate cars because a jumping spider hopped across her dashboard, didn't get anywhere near her, but I had to I had to learn how to stall out a car without being able to reach the friggin' the clutch or anything. I just smacked it out of first gear and just slap. Yeah. But um, next story is from CSG whenever we're ready. I was going to say, go ahead, because I do have to go to the bathroom real quick, so I'll BRB. Okay. But go ahead, because I do have it still pulled up, and I will still be listening in. I got you. Uh, CSG's, 
So this story is from CSG, our very own. When I was growing up, my my paternal, not parental, paternal grandfather always did a big train, had, did a big train garden in their basement for the holidays. This thing took up pretty much the entire basement. When they got older, my dad and his younger brother both did gardens of their own. My uncle's was like my grandfather's in that it took up most of the basement. My dad's started out relatively small, but eventually grew to take up half of our basement. Fast forward a number of years, my grandfather passed away from cancer when I was a sophomore or junior in high school. A few years back, dad was getting his train garden all set up. He usually started around the middle of October, so it would be done before Christmas. Good time to start. I, I completely understand that. One day, he comes to me and says, did you move some of the trees and brushes I put on the garden last night? I told him that I hadn't. I hadn't touched it because I knew better. He moved everything back to where he had placed it and worked on it a little more. The next day, we both noticed stuff on the garden had been moved again after he placed it. We both were convinced at that point my grandfather's spirit was visiting and playfully messing with the garden. It makes me smile that he still enjoys his trains even on the other side. That was that was not spooky. It's very it's very uh, heartwarming, honestly. To it think very that is, and that's a good granddad's thing. like, let's move this tree a little to the left. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, I don't have to like that spirit afterlife kind of thing. Yeah, it's really weird. Uh, how do you feel about that stuff? The reason why I don't mean it weird in a bad way. The reason why I say it's weird is because it feels almost like they're watching you for the sake of the family. If that makes any sense, because I think like, mm-hmm. I felt like I've had like older relatives that I knew either very very young or kind of growing up, but didn't have full memory of, it. and like they're checking up on you. But it's still yeah. that like feeling of eyes on you. I don't know how to always feel that way because I feel always like when I feel eyes on me, like my fucking innate like instinct is okay, we're fighting right now. (laughs) There's a fight about to happen. I'm about to swing on some spirits. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's it's that when your fight or flight kicks in, it's like again, you feel the nape of your neck get like the hairs tingly chills and tingly. Yeah, it's that feeling when you have eyes on you that just fucking does something to me that's why i love there are certain horror movies that when they do like ominous background noises and stuff like that um uh, uh but, but, but as above so below oculus are two oh, examples yeah. that immediately come to my head that like literally set my schizophrenia like through the roof in that sense in the best of ways but then at the same time i'm sitting there watching this movie engaging and i can still feel or hear those like things on the side and it makes me feel huh i'm having a good time but uh i feel like there's something right here <laughs> Yeah, same. I um I love both of those movies. They were they were really good. Um, but I don't have like a, a tradition like that. I don't have a tradition like that in my family. I like we, we didn't do anything like that. We would go visit like my, my great grandmother or stuff like that until she passed away. Uh my grand my grandpa's mom. But um when I I think I was right getting ready to turn 14 like my 14th birthday was my worst birthday because i spent it alone and it wasn't because of choice um that'll be awkward if you're admits puberty and a passed on loved one comes in to check on you i mean hey <laughs> knock first 
Yeah, always. Just they'll just phase through the wall. Make fucking make sure you don't want to see this shit. Yeah, but um, my uh, my 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 grandma and my uncle had both passed away at this point in time, and I again, this is when I was living at home alone, and um, my uncle, my uncle Roy, he used to have he was a big prankster. Like he would mess with you day or night, didn't matter if you were awake or asleep. He would just fuck with you in like little ways or like big or, or like mostly little ways, but sometimes he'd go over the top with it, like wake you up by popping you by popping a balloon and being like, morning, chuckle nuts. And you're like, ah. but um, he never really did stuff like that to me. Um, because believe it or not, as a kid, I was like a lot more uh, like, I guess you could say sensitive to that kind of stuff to where it would like send me straight into fight or flight mode. And I was just pissy the rest of the day. So he'd mess with me in little ways and he'd be like, stop it. Um, yeah, so, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, after he passed away, um, he like, I swear this was like right after we got his ashes back, he was up on our bookshelf that me and my grandpa had made. And this thing was like 18 feet tall. Like me and him made it out of plywood for all of our movies and, and collectible cars that me and my grandpa had collected. And um, I was sitting down watching TV and I got up to go make myself something to eat and grab a drink out of the fridge. And as I came to sit back down to enjoy my food and finish watching what I was watching, I went to turn up the volume just a little bit and the remote wasn't working. I was like, what the hell? So I slide the back of the remote off instinctively to check the batteries. Maybe one of them's loose. No batteries in the remote that had just previously been working. And I'm like, what the hell? And I look on our coffee table that's in the center of the room on this area rug because we had tile and there's the batteries standing on the negative end. And I look and I see in the reflection because when my uncle would, uh, if you've ever watched Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, the Carlton dance, my grand, my uncle would do that while going glang, 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 glang. And I swear, I seen someone doing the Carlton dance. And in my head, I heard glang, 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 glang. And I'm like, you asshole. <laughs> yeah, I popped the remote. I popped the batteries back in the remote and went on about my day. And it was just I was like, quit fucking with me. <laughs> For real. See, I, I would love to tell like nightmare stories kind of thing. But like there's so much just in your head that's more scary for you than others. But yeah. like was the real ones like I, I remember this one very specifically. Uh, I was 16 by myself. My parents were away on vacation. Uh, my brother and sister had moved out. Uh, I, my friend was away somewhere. So I, I had really no one to hang out with. So I'm by myself in the house. I'm like, oh, cool. I got the house to myself. I could do a party or whatever. But I end up, you know, just gaming all night <laughs> and went to the kitchen to go grab something out of the fridge. And it's the fucking one that like sticks with me the most is because as soon as I open up the fridge, it's like, okay, there's pizza. As soon as I pull out the pizza, there's no pizza in it. I was like, oh, fuck. Okay. So I go to put it into the recycling. And as soon as I fucking go to put it in the recycle, that's like recycling. I open up the lid and the cat jumped out, scared me. I was like, okay, fuck, whatever. Throw the box away. I'm already on edge now because I just got fucking scared. As mm-hmm. soon as I walk back in, open the fridge to find something else. Eat, pizza's back there full. And I was like, did I just like sleepwalk or hallucinate something and whatever open it put it on there put it in the microwave heat it up for about like 20 seconds 
take it out. And as I take it out, when it, you know, it's uh, blink or not blinks, but it's like the lights on as it's mm-hmm. cooking and then it turns off. Well, I mm-hmm. go to fucking open it, turns on reflection behind me, turn around, figure outside and then just little beads of eyes just staring in. Mm-mm. And I was like, dumbfounded. And that's all I remember. Just just locked eyes with something and then woke up as like I was in my bed and nothing happened. Jesus. I um, I still to this day, like thinking about that, like what happened is just always like got my heart racing. So this is a story I've I've, I've told some of these stories to Miz and Miz has heard uh, quite a few of them. I've shared some of them on stream and uh, various other places, but this story, this, this story isn't mine. I heard it from a friend long ass time ago. I even called him to confirm this, um, that, you know, like I had the places correct, the friggin' the, the like roundabout dates and stuff like that. Not too long. This is going. Um, so my, my friend who was a uh, gunny in the Marines when at my first duty station, good, good stand up guy. And he was just, jacked bodybuilder you know your stereotypical like marine but he looked like t1000 from terminator 2 judgment day in the face like that was that was that was my buddy and um me and him had duty one night and i told him this was when we had started taking duty over in the new in the new barracks and i told him i was like i seen something weird don't worry about it i i, I, I double checked it it was just me seeing shit he proceeds to then tell me the story of when his dad was right around like 16 between like 16 and 18 back in the 70s and um and or yeah like late 60s early 70s time frame and this was like june or july and there was this this like local rumor in this small town in missouri called powerline drive and i don't like i don't know the exact location of where it's at but it's one of those local legends that if you don't know you're not gonna know because nobody talks about it and um at powerline drive the thing was is that like when you're a senior in high school you and a couple buddies go out there and you know investigate and do some crazy shit and a lot of people that go out there either a come home terrified and don't talk about what they seen or b go missing there's no in between so his dad and a couple of his buddies, I think probably about two or three, go out to this place. And again, the road to the house is called Powerline Drive because there was power lines on either side of this long ass driveway that led up to this creepy house. And it wasn't like a big creepy mansion. It was like one of those like you stumble in the woods and find this like dilapidated shack and you're like not going in there. No. Well, his dad and his his three buddies go into the house and decide, hey, you know what? Fuck it. We're going to be the first ones to ever spend the entire night here. And um, his dad didn't tell him what happened out there. He wouldn't talk about it. But he said that at, before, like at midnight, they all had come like they had all like come out of the freaking house, screaming their asses off, hopped in his dad's like, you know, uh, Freaking! I think he said it was like a nineteen, it was like a nineteen sixty-two Buick. Hopped in the Buick and just hauled ass back home. They got home and they talked to his granddad, my my buddy's granddad, and said, "Hey, we tried to we tried to spend the night at Powerline Drive." And the granddad was like, "I told you boys not to go out there, you know, da 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 da. What'd you see?" And wouldn't talk about it. 
and the retelling from my buddy's dad to him, he asked him, he's like, what did you see? He goes, well, I went out, he goes, needless to say, I went out there with three other friends. I came back with two. They never found uh, whatever his, his buddy's name was. I think it was like Josh or something like that. And I was like, what the fuck? So I started researching because I like when I hear stories like that, I do research and I, I research it hardcore and I Googled it how, to home like that. Oh yeah. And I Googled, I like legit, this was like in the fledgling state of, of Google when you could Google like one thing and get like 50 articles on that same thing back in the, back in the late, back in the early 2010s. This is like 2014, 2015, right around there. And I start like researching this, like on my lunch break and everything like that. And I start researching Powerline Drive, Missouri. And I keep getting these weird little pings of the small town. But inside the small town, it would just give you like restaurant details, stuff like that. And like, you know, people like just people being like, hey, come on down to Bob's Barbecue where Bob barbecues your Bob's barbecued burger. You know, just like the stereotypical stuff like that. So I go back to my friend and I ask him, I'm like, Hey, can you like call your dad? I, I like, like, I want to hear this story from him. And he's like, yeah, sure. So he calls his dad and he goes, Hey dad, uh, you remember that story you told me when I was a kid not to do? He goes, yeah. He goes, you mind telling it to my friend? And he hands me the phone and his dad proceeds to say, we don't talk about that around here, son. You know that blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, Oh, I'm super intrigued but I could never figure out where this place was. And to this day, I found, I've, I found the real Amityville house. Okay. Back when, back when Google was in its fledgling stage, when nobody knew where the place was, I matter where it was and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. I remember, but this, this place, Powerline drive, I could not find it. And to this day, I still can't find it or any other stories like it. And I'm like, what the fuck? This would be a great horror movie. I would love to see this. But yeah, no, I'm reading up on uh, some of this stuff right now with chat on my end. And um, yeah, when we were telling the dreams, uh, Kareem was saying that um, she's had some issues where she doesn't uh, like fully wake up uh, when she dies in her dreams. And right. I've, I've never really had that experience, but like she was saying that she's uh, the jolt will scare, scare her awake, but it's still semi lucid state of dreaming where it keeps going on. Right. Like that, like those. I'm sorry, those dreams are the worst. Where like, I've never had that, and I, no offense, glad so that way you know, because that sounds almost like a fucking horrible thing to have happen. (laughs) Yeah, like I've I've only had it happen to me a handful of times, and out of that handful of times, I can only remember like two or three that stand out. One of them was when I was with my grandpa. Um, I think I was probably like between like seven or eight, and. I fell asleep in his cab and he was listening to like an old time radio talk show, like the spirit or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, as we're like driving down the road and it got to this part where it wasn't creepy, but I could hear it in my dream. And then something else was happening, but what was being said was being said in my dream. And, and he said, I was in the back just screaming bloody murder and tossing and turning and everything like that. And having a real bad night terror. And then I woke up because I like threw myself onto the floor and like came and sat up front with him for the rest of the night. And yeah, like those are the worst. That, yeah, that sounds very, very interesting. Uh, it just, the thought, I guess with 
I guess feeling the the actual conclusion of a dream, I guess you should say like that, like you died, but you're still not dead in that. I almost yeah. feel like if that were to happen, like to me personally, I, I don't know how I would like cope with that because it would almost remind me of like an, a, an overdose in a sense, you know, because yeah. like I've, I've had plenty of those. <laughs> um, yeah, like, oh, oops. <laughs> Well, but it's the like the waking up from an overdose kind of thing is like you're groggy, things don't feel real, people are touching mm-hmm. you or like slapping you to like wake you up or whatever situation it is. Right. <clears throat> and you're in such a fog state of mind that like you still feel like you're dreaming because like you're only conscious for a, a bit before you kind of like black out again until you snap back to really like, oh my god, that just really happened, kind of thing. Yeah. Like I like I've had a few dreams like that where like as I'm like something crazy happened. I don't remember the dream, but I remember like everything kind of like fading out and looking like I'm looking through a very long tube and then I wake up and I'm like, what the fuck? But yeah, like those those dreams are the weirdest. I've had something similar to that there, Tali. Um, Tali says, I had a dream that I was in a pool with a dead body and when I flipped it over, it was me. I have had plenty of those ones and Mm -hmm. those ones like the doppelganger effect in a sense to me it's it's weird i yeah part of me like likes the idea of the whole doppelganger because it's like you know part of you is like oh yeah you can i could do this you could do that kind of thing and blah 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 but what mm-hmm. terrifies me about that whole doppelganger thing going, is I'm like real quick all right no worries the thing with the the doppelganger effect that really terrifies me i guess more than anything is that like it's the whole hey am I the real me? And then you start questioning like the simplest and things to like, was that me or was that like insert doppelganger? Also agreed. Kareem Kareem says out of body experience, dreams are weird, but kind of fun in its own right. Um, I do like that out of out of body experience, but I have had one out of body experience where I was uh, in a dream, like where I was like fully controlled or controlling the dream. Like I actually felt like I, I'm lucid. I know I'm dreaming. This is a dream kind of thing. And I have that out of body experience with it. And I saw my fucking like shell, I guess you could call it. And fucking see this shell. That's me getting stabbed and like actually fucking feeling it. And it's like the, the worst feeling I have ever felt yeah, like you could literally feel the warm liquid leaving your body and it's you can feel it on your hands and everything like that. And then you wake up and it's like checking your body for every injury possible and like nothing happening. Like that's the reason why I fucking hate that out of body experience. But I love it at the same time. It's yeah, it's a it's a catch 22. Oh, God, like even just doing that, like telling that is like the fucking chills you get with it. Oh, my God. My nightmare is me falling down a hill on and we're falling down on a hill seven times and all of them were different. That's weird. I could, That's exactly what it feels like, Kareen. It feels like locked in syndrome. And it is. Yeah. Fuck. Oh, my God, dude. Like, oh, I, I don't know. Like, this is why I always advocate like animal slash monster movies in that sense. Like when it's like Lake Placid, Deep Blue Sea and so on and so forth. And like two real world horror, Last House on the Left, Strangers, like mm-hmm. is the most terrifying because it's the most relatable and we see it on a day to day. But it's like when you hear about it in real life, when you're watching your documentaries on like the serial killers and so on and so forth, it's terrifying. Don't get me wrong. Uh, and to see that so 
eloquently put onto like the big screen and feel like you're one of those people i feel is like the best type of horror is it's also like the scariest because then it's like you notice some things in like your everyday life to where you start questioning like oh no i'm a fucking Mm -hmm. horror movie now (laughs) yeah like uh, like there was um one instance where i was uh like I, I felt like I was in a real life horror movie. Well, uh, an alarm in a house had gone off and it was my job to go in and check it. And I went in, I went in the house, I checked it and it was really weird because I had an led flashlight that was, I think it was 55,000 lumens Jesus. and you, you could slide it forward and it would bring the beam from like really big to like really tiny. And as I'm walking in, I got my flashlight in this hand and I'm looking around and as I shine my flashlight, because the way that the house was set up, it was like your stereotypical like farm style house. It has a narrow ass hallway that led straight to the back of the house where there was a door. Stairs on the left and then three doorways on the right, which was like living room, kitchen, and I think I guess laundry room. I didn't make it past that first doorway because I shine my light up the stairs and I'm like, hello, anybody in here? I don't hear anything, but my light stops at the last step. Mind you, I can shine my light down the hallway. Yeah, it was like the end of my flashlight just got swallowed. And I was like, what the absolute shit? And I'm like staring up at the top of the stairs because I can hear like something moving above me. And it doesn't sound like a cat. Doesn't sound like a deer. Doesn't sound like a hog, bird, anything like that. It sounds like a person in work boots walking down the hallway. And I'm like, the fuck is that? And then, like, I hear the same pair of work boots at the end of the hallway at, uh, that I'm that I'm in. And I immediately take my flashlight from the top of the stairs and shine it back. And I see this figure and it's just standing with its arms out by its sides staring at me. But what's, what makes it what makes it the absolute friggin worst was that when I shine my flashlight on this thing. It was like my beam was just absorbed by it. Like it didn't like shine like any piece of clothing. It didn't shine like a belt buckle, jeans, nothing. It was just like my beam just shined on the thing to like show the silhouette and then stopped on its chest. I was like, what the fuck? And then it took off in a dead sprint right at me. And as it got to like where it could touch me, it just said, and just disappeared. I said, I said, nope, everything's okay and booked it out of there and i went back and i told my partner not my life partner but my my partner at the job i was like hey i went into this house and he just like sat like he was like sitting there eating kind of slouched over and he sits up and looks at me and he goes we don't go in that house man it's haunted as shit and i was like no one fucking told me that (laughs) information is key (laughs) he's like you didn't go inside did you i was like yeah he's like all right just goes back to eating whatever he was eating i think he was eating i think he was honestly eating like a like a like a sandwich or a burrito or something like that and i'm just like i'm gonna go sit out in my car and cry that's i'm huh <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I think Hi, one, of my, one of my other favorite things like uh, uh, 
my favorite thing i like being scared i really do yeah because it's it's that like adrenaline rush and like i feel alive i guess you could say but the times i absolutely hate it though is like especially when i do like especially around october when i do a lot of horror horror games or like vr mm-hmm. horror games and so on and so forth is i'll be sitting there like so fixated on this and i don't even hear the door from my wife coming in and she's like Hey, babe, how's it going? It's just fucking the initial fear of being scared that way is so good. But then it's just like, oh, I'm gonna die. <laughs> what my wife will do sometimes, or she used to do before she started working her jobs. Oh, wait, it was just, um, what she used to do before she started working her jobs is since I have a green screen behind me and it's a two part green screen because I have like a slit right here that I can, you know, reach back and touch. What she would do is when I was in my office, when I had my office set up, she would come in and open the door, walk behind my green screen. Cause I couldn't see the door open and shut. Cause the way I had my green screen set up and she'd walk in behind me and just touch my shoulder while I'd be like in the middle of playing like phasmophobia or something like that. And I'd be like, yeah, ha, 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 shit. Yeah. It's such a good, comfortable scare, you know? Yeah. All right. That's good to know, Karina. Uh, so Karine says uh, uh, she saw a talk to me and she said we will not be disappointed. She says really good. So I'm I'm going in with high expectations because I went in with zero expectations for like smile. And that became one of my favorite movies. But then again, mm-hmm. I think it might be catered towards my like fucked up sense of like oh, talk enjoyment. I want to see that. I do want to see that. Hmm. Yeah, I'm going to try to see that someday. I've heard mixed things, but then again, I don't trust people's judgment. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like to form my own opinion about stuff. But if Corey, if Corrine says it's good, I trust Corrine because she's actually a pretty decent judge of movies. Like mm-hmm. there's there's three people in, in my I in don't my friend know. Group. It's Corrine. I don't know. That's not like we've ever talked about uh, movies, comics or books. Right. Uh, yeah. No, Corrine's amazing. Yeah. It's, so it is an Australian film. OK. And oh, it is. Uh, I didn't know it was Australian. I heard rumors of that being a foreign film, but I wasn't 100 percent sure because A24 likes to do some weird shit without like actually yeah. really saying where they are kind of thing, you know? Um, yeah. So I've always felt like A24 used to be that like, oh, no, it's an A24 movie. This movie is going to be like weird or whatever. But they've been mm-hmm. coming out some with some really, really solid like hits. And I'm yeah. so happy because I really think that they need to be recognized for the variety they do but especially when it comes to horror because they do it one movie that i feel like is i got lost into it and like a, i'm confused i don't know what the fuck i got was um neon demon but i loved oh, yeah. visually with that fucking movie that movie has such good visuals and it it gives you that sense of unsettled like what is going on i don't feel comfortable with this kind of thing and it does it very very well and I feel like it's overshadowed by, you know, some of their more goofier movies and or their better ones in a sense. Yeah, because I also I, feel, I do appreciate most of theirs. I feel like A24 used to be that hit or miss group. Like they'd put out like a really good one and then follow it up with like kind of like a one that was kind of like meh or bad in a sense. And then like next thing you know, you're like, OK, I like this one, but not that one. And then they just follow that pattern for a little while and you're like, Hmm. But I mean, from what I've been seeing, they've been doing a lot of uh, more consistent hits than misses. So I'm glad to see the yeah, stuff. No, exactly. Game. Yeah, they're, they've definitely grown as a company in the in a good way. Once you get past I, the ice and, yeah. Oh boy, and there's pie. <laughs> you got you had me a pie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it's oh, no. very, very, very good. 
existential dread. I, and those are the ones that I love and hate the most because you can relate with yeah. them just so to, to a degree that like I don't feel like any other horror films really, really do. Um, yeah, that's like I said, the more real it feels or the more. Um, more you mm-hmm. can put yourself into that said situation and or like feel that experience, I guess, in your own head, like how you could portray it and you feel that shit. It's so, oh. so good. I mean, also, I trust Pearl when it comes to movies you know? are fantastic films. I really yeah. appreciate those films. I cannot wait for the new one. Luna, uh, what I meant, Luna, is when it comes to m- movies, uh, books and comics, there's three people that I, I speak to pretty much religiously. Corrine's one of them. Miz is another. And then, of course, like, um, uh, shit, let me see. A friend of mine's wife who shall remain nameless because otherwise she will fuck me up. But she's a really good judge of movies. She'll be like, hey, listen, this is what I went in expecting. This is what I got. I'm happy with this. And then like she just leaves it as like a cut and dry of part A, B and C made the movie this experience for me. And this is why I liked it or I hated it. Miz doesn't like anything that's faddish or popular. (laughs) And then Corrine is kind of like, yeah. And then Corrine, and then Corrine is like the, I guess you could say the op, the objective specialist. They go, she goes in with kind of more of a objective or obtuse look at the movie. Like I'm gonna go in and watch it because I'm curious. But this is the writing aspect of it. This is what I liked. This is what I didn't. This is what I expected. This is what I got. It is just like I can like Corrine's like a full out movie critic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's exactly. because she's a writer. Yeah, I was going to say one of the things that I think like I love with exactly, talking with, about with uh, Kareen is that like whether it becomes to music or um, movies, comics, books, etc. Just pretty much anything and everything is that yep. like I have this innate like hatred for a lot of things until it's proven to me that I can like it kind of thing or I've beat my head against enough it and to appreciate it kind of thing. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then like like from Kareen's perspective, like I'll be talking more like set designs or something like that, which Kareen does as well. But it's like when she brings in like the writing aspect and like focus on specific scenes or dialogue that she'll bring up really makes me appreciate things more. You did not hijack the stream. It's no, you're fine. We're appreciating you. This is where we engage with our chat, Kareen. That's why we are yes. doing this live. Otherwise, we just recorded this like two weirdos in a basement. Exactly. And we probably never mind. <laughs> Fucking cheeseburgers. Yeah, exactly. Howdy, honey. But um, yeah, like I like like my like as far as like real life horror goes, I'm good. Like I'm okay with you know my like having real life horror experiences. But when it comes to like movies, I'm like ooh, like like I want to avoid real life horror as much as humanly possible. But when it comes to like movies and video games, I'm just like ooh, spicy. I like it. That is a very good name. We should have taken that up. But um, <laughs> prime example of what you just said is exactly what my wife does all the time. She's like, I love scary movies and being scared in the movies. I hate it in like real world because I'll scare her randomly. And she, you know, gets mad at me. <laughs> Two weirdos in a basement is a good name for a podcast. Not like that was honestly on my list of things to name it. But me and Ms. settled on this one. I know it's not Ms. you. <laughs> I mean, Ms. picked the name out. I had no creative input. You had, we, it was a mutual agreement. It was. I'm, it not was. Gonna, I'm not going to be the one that says, I was the one that dictated because I feel like a dick if it comes off that way. Yeah. 
it was a mutual decision because we went through sorry, what, like five or six yeah, was, before we really came up with like solid on this one. Yeah, because I remember I went and I had like two names of my own. I went to chat GPT and I picked out I had a couple. I had it render me a couple and then I tweaked some of them. And then from like a list of like 10, I narrowed that down to like five, including the two that I had in my head. And then I just texted Miz and I was like, what about this one? What about this one? What about this one? Over the course of like three days. And then me and Miz like kind of settled on whispers from the shadows. And I was like, I like it. I dig it. And it was just like, it was just, just fit. It's just a day I got to push through. Mom wouldn't want me to understandable batty. I'm, um, I'm, I'm sorry. You're feeling sad, but hope we can make that feel a little better for you. But, um, yeah, like I, and, and the fact that me and Ms. Nat, like another thing that like really helped out and honestly and everything, aside from you guys, aside from both communities coming together oh, and yeah. as well as this, us this making a new one for the podcast, you guys. Yeah. It, it has been really fun just for the simple fact that because Ms. and I both, I guess you could say trauma bonded over similar likes and dislikes for scary movies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, like. Um, fair, Tali. Yeah, that's what we're like getting as like the, the movie aspect, the video game aspect is not as like scary because like the real life world has traumatized the fuck out of us. <laughs> but yeah. I, I think with like when it comes to the horror game specifically is like we officially and for me specifically when it comes to like video games specifically is that if I'm anticipating one thing and I get something else I, I find the <clears throat> result that I'm getting from said game is underwhelming whereas I'm just like focus on the moment and play the game that is way mm-hmm. more terrifying to en- engage with it yeah like honestly I felt that way when I was playing Elden Ring because a lot of scenes in that or a lot of fight boss fights in that actually scared the living shit out of me the first time I fought Radon specifically, because I was like, where'd he go? I started like looking around because I was expecting him to just pop up behind me and be like, Omewa Moshinaru. Nani? And then I just I just feel my controller start rumbling and I like turned around and I just seen a comet coming towards me and I was just like, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I was going to say, it's like for me, when, when I still get scared in like Dead by Daylight for the very specific reason of like, I'm so focused on, okay, I got to get Jen done. 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 And as I'm trying to do that, I'm so focused on doing that and I'm panning around, but I'm not like honing in for specific sectors to like look at something. And mm-hmm. when I see Killer or like Killer yanks me off and stuff, the shit that, that fucking falls out of my asshole, I swear. I scream like the biggest of bitches. <laughs> I do. I really do. And my hair is becoming more of a JoJo character every time this goes on. I'm sorry. Was that a JoJo's <laughs> reference? Always. Everything's a JoJo's reference. But yeah, yeah. I, like the it, like. Whew. Go ahead. I was going to say is uh, as far as like real life experiences goes, the, the house I grew up in, it was like like that house was super haunted. I've told Ms. this story. Um, I haven't shared it here on stream, but I also submitted a couple of the stories that I've told tonight to another podcast a long time ago before I even thought about doing this with Ms. So I have like, <laughs> you know, stories of stories of stories and stuff like that. But what happened was is um, 
one night I was asleep in my room and the way that my bed faced was that I had the wall in the window on the le- on the left side as you're facing towards the bed and then a wall in my closet on the right side of the bed wall and window behind the headboard and I would sleep on my left side a lot so my face would be towards my um, my closet and as I'm sleeping one night I just I like I don't know what it was if it was like a spidey sense whatever you want to call it but like I felt something staring at me and I open my eyes and when I open my eyes, I see a round shape in my closet and I'm like, oh, that's just my basketball and like a pile of clothes or something, whatever. I close my eyes and then the hairs on the back of my neck just like stand up. And my eyes just pop back open and then the round thing has moved from inside of my closet to just outside of my closet door, like right next to my closet door. And it is staring at me. And my eyes get like this big because literally between my closet and my bed, there's this much space. And my face is like right here on the edge of my bed. So there's probably like a good like two, three feet between me and this thing. And I'm like, nope. And take the blankets and whip them over my head. I don't remember how old I was when this happened. I was a teenager. I know that. But um, I whipped the blankets over my head. And I'm like, mm mm. Mm -mm. but something in my brain is like hey peek again and i'm like i lift up the blankets and it has now moved from my closet to right here in my face i pull the blankets back over and i turn over with my back facing towards it like an idiot and i'm like i'm gonna jump up turn on the fan whatever's there i'm just gonna beat the shit out of it or whatever i can get my hands on because the stuff in my closet if it had if it was a person it would have made noise coming coming out of my closet or, or like just moving in my closet in general, because like I had like clothes, books, boxes, toys, all kinds of stuff in there. And it wasn't neatly packed. No, it was just like, <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, as my back is facing towards this thing, I don't know what it was, but I had like this just wave of dread just wash over me. And I was not calm at all. I was freaking out. But I ha- I'm curled up in, a, in the fetal position just so tightly and I've got my blanket wrapped around me like, ha ha, boogeyman, you can get me. And in like the like as fast as I could, I popped up off my bed with my back still facing towards it, jump up, turn on the light and turn around at the same time as the light turns on. And I'm like, ha. And I look where the thing was and there's nothing there. Like we didn't have cats. The only thing we had on the inside of the house was birds. My dog was an outside dog at this point. And my instinct just kicks in to where I'm like, I need to get out of this room right now because whatever it was did not make me feel safe. It made me feel very threatened. So I hopped over my futon at the foot of my bed, hauled ass out of my room, just screaming, mom. And she meets me in the hallway with Louis, with a, with a Louisville slugger, you know, the little tire thumper bat. And she's like, what? And I'm like, there's something in my room. I just saw it. It freaked me out. And she's like, okay, okay, that's fine. We'll, we'll go look at it together. And I'm like, okay. And at this point in time, I'm taller than my mom. She's four foot 11. I'm maybe five foot even. And as we like walk in, you got my big ass just peeking over the top of her head. Like, and she's got the bat raised. And I'm just standing behind her. Like, go get a mom. 
you go get that thing. And she's just got the bat rays and she like looks around and there's no, there's, there's no, there's no under my bed because I had a, uh, a craft Matic that I got as a hand-me-down from when my great grandma had passed away. It was in her house that she didn't pass away in that bed, thankfully, but it was a kind where the head and the foot kind of folded up and then just went and you're in a reclining position. But underneath that was a solid wooden frame around a metal frame where the engine of the thing was housed. So there was no under my bed. There was closet, empty floor space, futon, bathroom. And then my mom walks in. She looks around. She checks under my futon. She checks in my bathroom. And then like right as we're getting ready to like leave the room and everything like that, she was like, sleep on the couch tonight. I was like, okay. So I went out and slept out on the couch. Nothing happened after that. But my mom says that she got up and went to the bathroom after I had fallen asleep on the couch. And she saw a fucking rave going on in my bedroom. Lights were flicking on and off. TV was coming on and off and volume was different. Every time it would turn on, it'd go from blaring to whisper quiet back to blaring each time it turned on and off. And she walked in there and it wasn't like the bed was levitating or nothing like that. But as soon as she like got right where the um, threshold of my door was, all of it stopped. Yeah. And she was like. Nope. Mm, Yeah, yeah, no. Corrine was saying uh, she had a similar experience back in 2005. There was a fierce blizzard and we lodged at a church. The only ones there. And we slept, we slept in the pews for about a week. And a few times there was thumping in the balcony during the night. Fuck that. So (laughs) I think, I think the worst story that's ever happened to me, paranormal, supernatural, whatever you want to call it. uh, This is a story I barely ever tell. So like putting this out there, it's like, because I don't know what the fuck happened. All I remember is uh, me and my ex-girlfriend were on a phone call and we're talking and, you know, I just had this like really sixth sense of like okay something's wrong with me right now like I, I don't know what's going on I just need someone to talk to and we're sitting there talking and I remember starting to like feel emotional like I'm about to cry kind of thing mm-hmm. and as I'm about to like feel this thing I'm like I'm a, I look outside my fucking blinds and as soon as I pull down my blinds all I see is like a wolf head face thing with red eyes staring at me and that's all I remember come to find out apparently I broke down in front of or over the phone with her and just ranting and raving about this wolf is right in front outside my window it's gonna fucking kill me i'm gonna die i don't know what to do and she's like there's nothing there like she was trying to calm me down i don't know if i had like a panic attack or like my schizophrenia went too far kind of thing um but she's sitting there trying to calm me down and everything and she was telling me i was just rambling about this wolf and mm-hmm. all I could see was its teeth and it trying to grab me. I remember none of this. I remember talking to her and waking up and feeling with a headache. Yeah. And apparently I would freak out and was just crying and being like so random with what I was saying for like three hours. Jesus. And I have no memory of this. <laughs> I Jesus. it was still to this day like one of the things that scares me because like i don't know if it was again a mental breakdown or what it was and that terrifies me because i don't know what to do if it ever happens again (laughs) i don't blame you like that's just one of those things that you don't know what'll what you'll do until it happens i guess you could or if it's like a ptsd like psd thing or like i don't know there's something that just sent me into a trigger and i don't remember it yeah 
it, it's weird. It's fucking unnerving. That does not sound fun at that's, all. That's probably true as well. Kareem, Kareem says that it sounds like I had an anxiety so bad that I just blocked it out. I, I don't know. <laughs> Luna, Luna said, I have the same experience, Jimmy, but you are six in the morning. <laughs> but Fair. yeah, like I, this was like the middle of the night when my story happened to me. And, and I think, I think Ms. told me the time before, cause this is like my second or third time hearing this story. And I like, it still freaks me out because you know, like you're not you at that point, like mental breakdown yeah. or, or whatever it was. What, whatever it was. Yeah. It's like fucking the oh. worst feeling because you, you know, something happened. Yeah. But you don't know what happened. And your yeah. mind makes things so much more worse in your own head. That's why, like, again, reading books, everyone has a different interpretation, so on and so forth. So when mm-hmm. you're ramping up this fear in your own head as this thriller book or whatever it is, is building up. Because still to this day, like I like even after going through therapy and stuff like that, I, I asked about that dream or whatever fucking situation it was. And she was just kind of like, I don't know what happened. Yeah. I'm sorry. Luna said mine was six in the morning. Sorry. <laughs> Read that wrong. But uh, yeah, like that's that's one of those ones where you can't really. You, you're that that's actually kind of terrifying, because like if you think about it, you were basically a prisoner inside your own body. and You didn't have any like control of anything, anything. And I don't remember it. That, that's what makes it like far worse. It's like yeah. no memory of it. Like I just just remember like having that sixth sense something was happening feeling nervous emotional and then looking outside my blinds and that's it yeah. like i just remember seeing like that wolf figure but that was it that's that's still creepy but um it is but i, I absolutely love that feeling in some regards i guess i should say it's just more of that like scared feeling i do appreciate more but yeah. like again, when that real world shit happens, I fucking I'm like, Mm-mm. I would Mm-mm. don't catch me dead in that. <laughs> nope. See, I like I tell all my friends all the time that like I'm not let's go investigate that type, uh, not let's go investigate that noise type of white. I'm like, let's get out of here type of white. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Like it's like what my wife said one time. I don't remember what movie we were watching, or like some situation happened. We made a joke or something, and she goes, "I'm white, but I'm not that white." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like that's like the the running the running joke is my friends call me spicy white or or a or, uh, reverse coconut. And I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, dude, you don't, you don't, you're not the kind to be like, hey, what was that noise? Let's split up, gang, and go investigate. You're like, hey, I heard something. We're leaving. Uh, you coming? <laughs> I was like, you all want to be yeah. a big break? People, go ahead, have fun, catch you, catch me with that shit. My my wife, my wife is it does not have that same survival instinct because at like three in the morning one night, her and a coworker heard. heard that scooby-doo gang white yeah <laughs> but my wife and her 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 uh her co-worker heard a noise and they're like what's that and my wife like heard me in the back of her head going don't go investigate that fucking noise don't do that well it's like uh there's this um dude on tiktok that's uh, always like doing like the uh Mexicans get spooky shit. I can't remember his name. He's hilarious. But um, it's uh, like the whole old saying. One of the things he says is one of those like, first of all, if you see something, no, you didn't. 
And if you know you saw something, no, you didn't. And you get out of there. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. If you hear the noise, no, you didn't. And if you keep focusing on that, you really shouldn't be doing what you're doing and leave ASAP. (laughs) Exactly. Like, no, I'm 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 like, I'm like, uh, I saw a shadow inside of the room. Nope, nope. I'm going this way now. Bye. I love him, too. I can't remember the creator's name. Um, he's the he's the representative of Latinos against the spooky shit. Spooky shit. Yeah, exactly. It's I love just, that. dude. Oh, it's so fucking good. Um, do you want to read the last story that was submitted to us so far with Alex? Yes, this one is from our friend Blue Morph Alex. It's uh, she says, the only thing I remember was when I was in high school, I had the flu and it was going to be my last night on the couch because I didn't want to get anyone sick as it's contagious anyways, just, excuse me, just when I was going to sleep, it was mostly dark in the room. Next thing I saw was a was a ghost twirling around in the corner in the kitchen. I froze for 10 to 15 minutes. Then I said, heck no, I'm not going to sleep in here anymore. So I went back into my bed and tried to shake it off. I barely slept that night. It was the, it was the spirit of my grandfather. I had assumed, and he passed away in 2009 uh, 2009 i assumed from a heart attack and died in my grandma's bed Oof. oh i'm sorry she wanted she wanted ms to read that one i did not even see where that was supposed to be said <laughs> i'm so, i'm requesting i'm sorry luna i i'm i'm sorry alex well it, oh, it's all good no it's all good um yeah no that's a that's interesting. Yeah, see those these those ones are like are so fucking mind warping. I also that's like where that out of body experience feeling comes from. Like, mm-hmm. oh, like I like I I've never had like a pleasant ghost story except for like when my uncle would mess with me from on occasion, like a couple times that I can remember. But the biggest one I remember was like the remote one where he'd like just left the two batteries because they were literally like standing like this, just yeah, staring at me, and I'm like. Sorry, they were erect. <laughs> yeah, and I just see, I just see a pic, uh, I just see a silhouette of someone just in the background, and I'm like, quit messing with me. <laughs> yeah, like, like no, I'm, I've never been like, oh, I heard a scary noise. I'm like, no, what's that scary noise? Well, like I said, especially since like when I was like 15 or 16 when I did that hunting one, and I. Just that rabbit scared the hell out of me. Uh, ever since then is always when I've been like, you know, never be alone. Nope. I, I don't care how prepared you are or if you're a survivalist or whatever. Just never be alone. It's it's not good. It's it's not no. worth it. <laughs> no, <Just> no. <laughs> just straight up. Mm-mm. Just cash me out. Because I'm not going I, with the group. I want to go. I had a I had a group of I had a group of friends. It was a small group. It was probably about eight of us in the group. But um, this is back when I was like, I guess you could say just dumb, not brave, but dumb because uh, we would go on like scary story. (laughs) Oh, yeah, me too. I've got plenty of those. But (laughs) but what happened was is they were like, hey, this weekend we're going to hang out at PJ's house. I was like, "Okay, cool. I'll come hang out at PJ's house. I hop on my bike. Saturday uh, Saturday morning right over to PJ's house and we're having like a cookout with his dad and stuff like that his dad was cool as shit and um 
he goes, I'm like, so is this what we're doing this weekend? We're just hanging out at your house. He's like, we're going ghost hunting. And I said, okay, I'm already here. So why not? I, I rode my bike an hour. Sure. And we, we decided to load all eight of us up into his dad's friggin' like 1984 station wagon or whatever it was, oh the kind God. with the wood paneling on the side. And like, there's four people in the front which there was only three seats, but they made four people fit. And then there was another three people in the back seat. And then there was just me and another person just laying down in the, in the, like the, the trunk part, just kind of like sitting up every once in a while, checking our surroundings. We drove from our town all the way to St. Augustine, which is like supposed to be like the most haunted place in all of Florida. And um, we go to the fort that's there in St. Augustine. It's really pretty during the daytime, scary as shit during the nighttime. And apparently between all of us, we had 20 bucks, which was enough to like rent a haunted tour. And literally all they did was they just gave you a tour guide. So that way you didn't get lost on the grounds. And they were just like, uh, there's a, there might be a ghost in there. And then you just like walk in with your equipment and shit. And you're like, do you wish to speak with us or make your presence known? <laughs> nope on to the next one and that's what we decided to do well my buddy pj he was like hey man i got this great idea we're gonna we're gonna break off from the group and go up to the next haunted spot because this is like his third time doing this tour he's like hey we're gonna break off from the group go to this one spot where they stop and they do the haunted thing and we're gonna wait for him well me and him kind of we're like hey we're gonna stay here and investigate a little bit and we'll catch up with you guys in a second everybody's got on headlamps so the way that this spot worked is that we were in the middle of the fort and what they would do is they would take you into separate rooms and stuff like that and be like, Oh, this was the cannonery or whatever it was where they would hide, where they would have all the gunpowder and cannonballs. Somebody got blown up right over there. Blah, 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 blah. And uh, then they would just take you to each like different section of the base or the fort, not base, the fort and everything like that. And me and my buddy PJ, we stopped off at the, first spot that we started at and then it just kind of loops around the entire fort does and each room is kind of like interconnected to where you can kind of like go through this doorway pop up over here go through this doorway and you never would be out in the in the quad where the center of everything was so we make our way to the one to the to the next spot ahead of them because they're still investigating the second spot and then me and him are just kind of like all hunkered down we're like this is gonna be great <laughs> and out of nowhere from behind us, we hear, hey, and me and him just kind of like, he, he. all silence. <laughs> and mind you, we had turned our headlamp, we had turned our headlamps off so that way we could, you know, be extra spooky. And we both like turn around and reach up, turn our headlights on. Nobody's in this like very short hallway. It's maybe like 10 feet of hallway, but it leads to this big, like rusted cage cage style door and stuff like that. That's supposed to lead you up into one of the guard towers. And we're just like sitting there staring at this door. And we're like, must've been the wind. Turn our headlamp. As we like turn back around, we turn our headlamps off and we're sitting back and we're like, it's going to be great. And we hear it again. Hey, this time, like longer and more drawn out. And we're like, I'm not turning around and looking this time. I'm not, I'm not going to do it. And then we just hear, we just hear it a third time, just, hey, and like at this point in time, we go from like, kind of like, no, not going to turn around to like, mm, I'm about to run. <laughs> Don't you fucking tempt me. 
And yeah. my buddy, my, my buddy PJ was, uh, was semi crippled because he was waiting for a hip replacement surgery to take place. So he couldn't run, but he was about to. And we both just like, mm, I'm going to turn around and look, but I'm going to regret this. And we turn around as we turn around, we turn on our headlamps and we see not so much a silhouette, but like kind of a, a figure, but you can kind of, uh, uh, see through it a little bit, I guess you could say. Ooh just standing on our side of the door and there's no other passageway other than what's to my right and my buddy PJ's left. And we're like, you weren't there a second ago. So me and him are both just staring at this thing. Neither one of us has, has like a video recorder because our phones didn't have cameras at this point in time. Neither one of us have a video recorder. And we're both and just staring at our fucking 16 megapixel fucking camera. Yeah. If you were lucky. Yeah. And we're both just staring at this thing. It's staring at us. And we're both just like sitting there kind of still squatted down. And I hear PJ go. We're leaving now. I was like, OK, so he slowly stands up, still keeping his eyes on the thing. I then slowly stand up, still keeping my eyes on the thing. And about that time, we just hear it one last time. Hey, I mean, PJ just click. Nope, we're gone. And they just see us just walk across the quad. Just. And the tour guide's like, and here's the where are they going? (laughs) We're just you guys have fun. Nope, we're out. We're gone. We'll, We'll meet you guys at the car. Catch you later. Don't worry about it. Um, I was going to say one something like that, I guess it's an irrational fear of mine. So obviously since like tenting and camping and everything like that is always, you know, finicky because I'm always like the paranoid uh, fear of the wildlife. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So growing up, I was always, you know, hey, if you're going to hunker down, make sure you have things to deter whatever possibly could be. Also in my fucking, you know, cynic brain, I guess you could say, uh, what if there's, you know, spooky entities out here or windigos, Sasquatches and so on and so forth. So what I've learned to start doing when I go camping now is probably the smart and dumbest thing I think ever is we start hanging our fucking uh, our sleeping bags and whatnot as we get our own like little hammocks, essentially, and go from tree to tree. And we were at least 20 feet off the ground. I feel better that way. I sleep better that way. But it's mm-hmm. also always in my head is like, I'm out of harm's way. Nothing can get to me other than bugs. And then like, you know, your thought pops in. It's like, okay, well, if this thing can fucking climb and cut the rope, you're fucking done. You're just a meal waiting to happen. <laughs> but that's how I've always like gone now is like, that's when I go camping with friends and so on and so forth. That's how we camp set up camp is we just mm-hmm. fucking have our hammocks up mm-hmm. and we're sleeping mm-hmm. back and everything. But my, it's always this irrational fear of just the what if, and that's always what makes things so much worse. Oh, I agree, a hundred and ten percent. Because um, the last the last field op that I did, we were in uh, we were in yeah, that was Quantico. We were in Quantico, and we were cro- we were cross training with another uh, group of Marines, and while we were out there, it was you know just starting snow. It was just starting to snow, excuse me. And uh, we had basically like, you know, put our tents down on the ground. We had zipped everything up and got ready to get down for the night. Well, I wake up to hearing my name being called 
And I'm like, what the fuck? I was like, it's nighttime. I had gotten buried because I put my tent in a low spot in the middle of the night, like a dumbass. <laughs> and I'm, and I'm just hearing these soft foot crunches on the snow above me. And I'm like, if I get out of my sleeping bag, what are the chances that I'm going to be able to dig out about six and a half feet of snow being five foot seven? Not that great. So I'm like, I just take my, I just take my, 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 my sleeping system and just kind of like zip it down. And then like this thought just creeps into my head. Like, what if you're never found? Like, what if they got to wait for the snow to thaw? Like, what are you going to do? How are you going to survive? You don't have any food in your tent. Like, I like, I, I like break out my phone to call my staff sergeant to be like, Hey, I'm buried in the snow. I can hear you guys. And I whip out my phone. No signal, no signal. And I'm like, fuck. And then I'm like, okay, I've got to have something. I've got to have a way to, to like get myself out of the situation. I start looking for my, I, I start grabbing my e-tool. I unzip and I can't see anything. So I'm like, all right, I'll turn on my headlamp. I turn on my headlamp. There's packed snow in the shape, the exact shape of my door like slowly like coming into my tent and I'm like, fuck, if I, if I don't dig myself out properly, that's going to fill up my tent. I'm going to be stuck here. What am I going to do? I'm like, fuck, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And about that time I hear, I just start going, help. I'm right here. I'm right here. I start making a whole bunch of noise, hoping that they can hear me. And then finally I just see like a little peak of, of light just shine through the snow. And then I hear more of it just getting moved. Just and apparently me and three other Marines had all like hunkered down in the same area because this was the two man tent. You place the stakes down in the ground and you call it a night. Yeah, yeah. It's just fucking and, it's done. <laughs> yeah. And like they dug me out. They dug me out first. I hopped out, put on my pants, put on my put on my blouse, put on a jacket, the over the over jacket and hopped out and started digging out the other guys helping dig out the other guys. Cause I was the only one at the bottom of the hill that remembered to bring my fucking e-tool in my bag. The other two guys left theirs in their vehicles. Mine was <laughs> just so happened to be on my bag because I had to ride in the fucking Humvee. That sucked. Oh, those things are so fucking, they need to always fix the suspensions. Dude. It's like one ride in this fucking shot already. It doesn't matter what they do. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Like you're hitting the ceiling, hitting your seat, hitting the ceiling, hitting your seat. You're like, I have my seatbelt on. This isn't fun anymore. And it's some, it's somehow better and worse at the exact same time when you're in the Buffalo. <laughs> oh, not the Buffalo. You're just like, okay. <laughs> I tasted what I ate for dinner two years ago. Ow. Yeah. But I, oh. um, uh, it's, it's, I feel like hearing everybody else's story, it's always great to relate with people, I guess, is yeah. always the best thing I always take away with these. And it's just at the same time, though, it's just the fear of, I or I, I feel like that, uh, that shock and awe value of being scared and whatnot has always brought me joy, I guess you could say, as weird mm -hmm. as, as it does to say, because it, I guess it makes me feel alive and I feel like I'm still here. <laughs> yeah. Like for me, I have stages to my fear. I have the nope stage, the fuck that stage. And then the I'm probably like really super scared stage. And the way you can spot these is in the nope stage. 
I'm quiet, but I'm still talking. Like, I'm like, Hey, you know, maybe we shouldn't do this in the fuck that stage. I'm either super quiet and trying to figure out my fastest way out. And I'm not talking to anybody. And then I'm really scared stage where I am laughing hysterically because I'm a nervous laugher and I'm just busting a gut laughing and it freaks people out because they're like, I'm scared right now. And I'm like, me too. (laughs) I know you seem like a fucking maniac. Yeah, no, I, I feel that. So the like when you say like you're like fuck that where you're planning escapes, the my thing is I don't know if it's like from the military or like you know past trauma or whatever, but like mm-hmm. every time I'm out anywhere and so on and so forth, I'm in the moment, I'm there and so on and so forth. But like my eyes are always scanning and always just like my ears are always open. It's Same. like situational awareness. They always teach you that. And yep. I feel like when those situations happen and like I'm just like in public, nothing's happening or whatever, but it's always preparing for something to happen. I feel like you're like so on edge that mm-hmm. It's just take someone to like touch your shoulder and you like just fucking crumple or you're like not sure what you're going to do. And also Tali says a great thing is like uh, she doesn't know if all campsites do this, but uh, they've gone to one where there's an SOS radio and they have that stuff. You can rent to contact them in emergency or you can bring your own stuff, which is a very, very solid thing to have. However, with, with when we tell these stories and something like that, you know, the supernatural and all that, this shit usually goes to shit. And your yeah. your SOS is literally just, hey, look at this paperweight. <laughs> hey i've got something i can throw one really good time (laughs) yeah if you're lucky (laughs) like um the uh this is this is the last story that i have that i can remember very vividly from the house that i grew up in again i grew up in central florida and and for those that don't know florida is like supposedly one of the most haunted states in the u.s there's you know Mm -hmm. tv shows and books about a lot of places but the the house i grew up in coast was just it was like just really bad, but as far as like haunting stuff goes, but I remember this, like it was like yesterday, I was uh, just getting up, getting ready for school. And I had my, my, my song, I had my radio playing. It was a freaking CD blue orb shaped speaker that you could turn on the radio and listen to all in the shower and stuff like that. Back when that was like the cool thing to have in your room. But I had it just you on the back of my these fucking what are they little portable speakers that they have now that are all waterproof and stuff and people are chucking them in the pool and still my fucking millennial brain's like that's electronic someone's gonna die or it's gonna short it out you just ruined money yeah <laughs> or you just you just money you just ruin you just ruined money yeah <laughs> but um uh while I was taking the shower like you know how like when you when you're like washing your hair and you like close your eyes so that way you can rinse really good and you don't get the soap in your eyes. Well, I'm sitting there just scrubbing, scrubbing away, letting the water rinse out all the soap and everything like that. And I hear a blood curdling scream like it's on the other side of the glass of my shower, because the way that my shower was set up is you open the door, step over a lip. And then it's just like a weird shaped rectangle with a light at the top and then shower. And that's that's it. You get like one soap dish. And then on the other side of that, where my bathroom was, you had like a half sink toilet that's it like there's like maybe three square feet of room in there like if i were to get in there if i were to walk into that bathroom as i am right now i would not fit because at uh at at 13 14 even 15 my shoulders would touch both sides of the wall of that shower that's how tiny that fucking shower was and i'm not a big guy by any means i'm five seven now i'm now i'm five seven 170 pounds at that point in time, I was five two, maybe one hundred and ten. If you put some change in my pocket, <laughs> but, 
as I'm as I as like I hear the blood curdling scream, I still have soap coming down my face. My eyes pop open. I let the soap run into my eyes and it stings, but I'm keeping my eyes open to see what the hell that was. Nobody else in the house heard it. My mom was literally in the in the living room, which was on the other side of my bathroom wall, did not hear it. My uncle, whose room was right across the was who who took over my mom's old room, which was right across the hallway from mine, did not hear it. And I'm like sitting there and I'm like, I'm gonna die or get possessed or both. Mm-hmm. Probably both. So I'm like, okay, if I just tilt my head back. And I don't close my eyes. It won't happen again. And yeah, like that was just, it scared the absolute shit out of me. Because it sounded like somebody was getting murdered on the other side of my glass. Like, uh, like it was like hazed glass that you could see like silhouettes and stuff through, but you couldn't like see what you were staring at. And there was nobody there. My mom wasn't playing a prank on me. Like my aunt wasn't playing a prank on me. My grandma wasn't playing a prank on me. It was just my mom was waiting out in the living room, drinking a cup of coffee, waiting for me to get done so that way she could take me to school. Mm -hmm. And I just remember shutting my eyes for that split second, hearing that scream and just being like, I have soap in my eyes, but I'm not closing them. And just seeing my sink on the other side. Yeah, no, I I hate that. Like, that's where like some of that might like mild schizophrenia happens to me is where like you hear shit that's not actually there. And yeah. like, it happens sometimes like I'll be here in my apartment by myself kind of thing. I'll take a shower and then like I'll be like sitting there cleaning my hair on so and so forth. And it sounds like the door is open. And I'm just like, babe, open the shower curtain real quick. Look at the door. And shut it back and try and put my head back in the water and hear it again. It's like, what the fuck is going on? And Brain I also hate me. too. Yeah. And then I also hate it when I'm taking a shower sometimes. Like I'll be like doing my long shower in there, which is normally like when I like shave my face and everything like I did yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. I'll sit in there and just like let the water like just fucking pour all over me. I usually have it really hot too. So I'm just like, oh, this feels so good. And then you just hear the little like scratch marks against your fucking shower curtain. And then just immediately, I'm out. I'm done. Shower's done. Yep. Ruined. Good. We're good. Yep. I'm, I'm, I'm so done with this right now. You can't explain to me how done I am with this. I'm so done with this. This was yesterday at this point. It's literally that whole, you're not catching me with my pants down, even though I have no clothing on right now, but you will not catch me this way. I refuse to let that happen. <laughs> yep. I will fight naked because that gives me the advantage. <laughs> you hope. You hope. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, in most cases. <laughs> but, um... For sure. What, uh... The last, the, the last core, personal paranormal story I have, and you'll see him in the chat sometimes. His name is Dude Man Rod. Me and him went to boot camp together, MCT together, MOS school together. He had, he was a uh, different MOS than me, but me and him, freaking thick as thieves. We've been really good friends ever since freaking 2011, and we've been tight ever since then too because uh, simple <laughs> misunderstanding. Yeah. Simple misunderstanding of laundry numbers because I was 18. He was 19. So our uniforms got swapped a lot, but he wrote his as on on the, on the collar, he wrote his as 18 instead of 19 and then tried to fix it later. So (laughs) our clothes got swapped a lot because he's, he's like six, two, I'm five, seven. So his pants don't fit me. (laughs) And this is before we had our name tapes on them or anything. So it was like, we literally had to go off of, 
Not that kind of tightness. <laughs> I didn't say anything. I just made a noise. Okay, I didn't say nothing. <laughs> hey, they got the way they got the way that they got Miz to sign those recruitment papers. Is he was like, I get to shower with other dudes. Sign me up. <laughs> Don't gotta tell me twice. <laughs> <laughs> like you go off and see far exotic places. Eh, okay. You'd be able to pay off. You'd be able to have free school. Yeah, I'm not worried about that. You get to shower with dudes naked. Down. Uh, where's the dotted line? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But um, me and him, we were at MCT. This is like late 2011, almost 2012. It was the middle of friggin' November, early December in uh, North Carolina. So it was fucking cold as shit. And Hey, Jimmy, have a good night. You too, blood. I'll talk to you later, brother. But um, as me and him are standing gate guard, the way that they have it is the part of North Carolina that we're in. There's a lot of wildlife. There's bears, there's boars, there's snakes. So this is the part in MCT where they're like, hey, at this point in time, they're like, hey, you might need some of this live ammunition because there might be something there that you might need to shoot. Okay. Okay. Cause they actually had an instance where uh, one guy was standing at the gate guard and out of nowhere, this doe just ran up, whooped his ass and ran off into the woods and he stood up and he's like, what the fuck was that? So they started giving everybody live ammunition in case like other wildlife happened to try and attack. And I'm outside. I'm outside of the hut. My buddy Crosby's inside the hut. And there, all there is where we're at is our shack, a spotlight that shines probably about 50-ish yards, 50, 60-ish yards down the road. And just dirt road for the rest of the way for probably about five, six miles. And I'm standing outside the shack. Inside the shack, they gave us like a nice little space heater. So we'd swap out because only one of us could fit in the shack at a time. And rotation, rotation or fire guard. <laughs> yep. And I'm like, hey, man, go go get warmed up. I'm warmed up. I can stay out here for a little while. He's like, all right, cool. So he goes in. I come out and I'm standing facing the road. And we're not supposed to be. We don't have any marching orders because literally there's swamp on this side of us. There's swamp on that side of us road. I don't need to guard the swamp. I need to guard the road. I'm like, all right, cool. And as I'm like standing outside, I see someone walk up the embankment on the right side as I'm facing down the road. And all I see is this woman dressed in all white. And I'm like, ma'am, are you okay? Do you need help? I I call out, you know? And at this point in time, my buddy Crosby comes out of the shack with the radio that we have. And I'm like, uh, Hey man, go ahead and call the Sergeant of the guard. Let him know that we got someone. So like my instincts are like, don't go towards it. Don't go towards it. Don't go towards it. But I'm like, what if she needs help? Blah, 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 blah. This is really weird. Like nobody's out here besides me and Crosby for five fucking miles in either direction. And there's only two directions you can go. You can either go that way or you can go that way. There's no, there's no other direction you can go. So I'm like, all right. So I'm walking up and I get probably where she's at is just the end of like where the light shines down the road where, where I stop, the light still shines always at the edge, always at the edge. Yeah. And I'm like, ma'am, are you okay? Do you need help? And she, at this point in time, like her head, her head is kind of like down. 
She's wearing all white jet black hair. I mean, like friggin' think Samira from uh, the ring and, and, and the friggin' the lady from the grudge. Like that's like, that's what it looked like. And I'm like, I'm like, okay. Like my, 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 my most irrational fear is alive right now. It's in front of me. That's the grudge. I'm going to die. And I'm like, ma'am, do you need help? And like, when I say it this time, she doesn't lift her head up or anything. She just starts swaying back and forth. Like real slow, real methodic. And I'm like, no. So I start backing up, just walking backwards towards, I get back to my buddy Crosby and he starts calling over the radio. He's like, he's like gate two to SOG, gate two to SOG, gate two to SOG, come in. And the Sergeant of the guard SOG comes over the radio. Go ahead. Gate two. This is SOG. He goes, we've got a woman out here. And right when he goes, a what? She turns towards us and in a dead sprint just starts running at us. And my first instinct is I have a gun. I'm shooting that. And I just pow, 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 pow. And she gets right here to me. And right when she gets right here to me, just disappears. And at this point in time, I've already backpedaled and fell, fallen on my ass after I shot probably about 10 to 11 rounds. And I'm just sitting there just going, <gasps> well, this is Sergeant Williams. He gets out there and me. And at this point in time, me and Crosby have found a way to stuff both of our big asses into this tiny ass guard shack just staring down the road shaking not from cold but from pure fear and i'm like i, I i'm there i'm just delirious that's all I, that's all that is i'm just i'm just tired i what i, I didn't see what i just saw i didn't that didn't happen i didn't you know i didn't just fire my weapon there, there was nobody there you know like my brain's trying to rationalize this shit for me well sergeant williams comes out and he pulls up in the duty van he hops out and he knocks on the freaking window and doesn't he doesn't startle us because we hear the van pull up again nothing for five miles in either direction we don't have a radio all we got is a space heater there's not much going on and he knocks on the window and we get out and we give him we're like we're like hey i fired my weapon he goes at what i was like there was a woman she was dressed in all white this happened she ran at me screaming like a fucking banshee scared the shit out of me blah 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 blah. and like his he goes from like kind of pissed to like like a pissed off like what just why did you just wake me up look to oh fuck and he then proceeds to tell us that back in the 19 uh back in like the either the 1970s or the 1960s this like korean war vet something like that killed his mistress out in those woods this was supposedly the story. I don't know how true this is, but he said that supposedly he disposed of her body out in the swamp, came back to base, admitted to it, and then got sent to federal prison for it. They never found her remains or anything like that. So the way that the story goes is that whenever she's spoken to by a man or something like that, she tries to attack him. If she hears a female, she starts laughing and she'll be real nice with him and leave him alone. So needless to say, I got a new magazine 
and stood the rest of my duty as he went back and got two more guys to come out there and stand guard as he took us back from our four hour shift and let us go to bed. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah, fuck that. I think for the yeah, I, I pretty much told most of the important like supernatural. The ones are just like kind of like jump scares here. They're moving things that and so on and so forth. The ones yeah. that like absolutely terrify me again are like the situations that are like actually physically are uh, like life threatening in the real world. Uh, been in too many of those. I won't tell those stories because uh, yeah, those are for never on this channel or any channel really. <laughs> yeah, those but, are for off stream. Yeah, those are definitely those ones. Uh, they're like back in my youth from like uh poor decisions drugs and all that fun stuff <laughs> yeah but yeah no i mean it's really funny seeing how many like similarities a lot of us have like gone through <laughs> mm-hmm. like the fort like because my first duty station was fort lee and for those that don't know that area it Ooh. is between it is just south of richmond it's between hopewell and another area but in that area is where a big civil war battle took place. So like a lot of like spooky stuff happened there, whether it be our like former Marines from long ago or other things that happened long ago, that place was just creepy. It didn't matter if the barracks are brand new, old or in between. It was just fucking. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, but Oh my God. That was great. I, I fucking loved this. This was a great way to do a season finale. Just do it live. We, I mean, you know, I, I feel like we got a lot of positive feedback, a lot of great people just hanging out with us in the stream. Oh, oh yeah. And we also had like great uh, interactions with everyone. I, I'm just, I thank you all for being here. I really do. I do. I do as well. Thank you all for hanging out with both Ms. and I. This has been really fun. Uh, season two, we've got plans in the works we don't have anything dead set just yet we've gotten some really great I, yeah, suggestions well, yeah we've got some ideas going and also i didn't realize irish had joined you're the best you cunts thanks kareen <laughs> i am um, indeed yeah, season two is definitely one that we we're going to be branching and uh into like more Focus. tunneled areas yeah focus yeah. on specific things for like um if we have like spooky stories or some of our favorite movies like when we do like our classic horror we'll be like honing in on like very specifics of which film like like let's say for me like dracula what made the film for me like bill lugosi and etc 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 we're gonna mm -hmm. focus and fine tune so we don't have to do as much broad but we still yep. will be broad in some regards yeah like there's gonna be i'm sure that there's some areas that we can kind of paint with a broad brush and say, uh, you know, our, like cover like one specific genre of of films. Be like, hey, I really like psychological horror slash thriller because of X, Y, and Z. Miz could be like, yeah. oh, I don't like it because of ABC and stuff like that. And then, you know, just kind of branching out while at the same time focusing down in some areas, depending. Yeah, exactly. And the fact that we're able to actually do that and like like CSG's uh, pointed out is like we could do a, a whole episode on Vincent Price. Like mm -hmm. the fact that we okay. can focus more like there's going to be a lot coming because like I can already tell you like some of my favorite horror icons, some of Jimmy's favorite horror icons, we're going to be diving deeper into them. Yep. And um, also, Kareem, since we forgot to ask this last time, if we do go back into the classic horror literature uh, genre and everything like that, would you be willing to join us? Yeah. 
Because I yeah, think we, I think you would be a great addition into it. Like when yeah, we had Irish for the video games. Yeah, because Cor- I think Corrine's more well versed in classic horror literature than both you or I. Just for the simple oh, I fact sure that like, I know for sure she is. Yeah, you. Or at least with me. You don't, at least yeah, you. You don't have to have a face cam or anything like that. Like like Irish okay. literally put up one of his emotes and you could do something similar, a picture that you like, you a, a, a cartoon-esque drawing of yourself, face cam, whatever you, you feel comfortable with. Background like this, like I have with King Kong, you could just literally have an image like that in the back. <laughs> whatever you <laughs> feel comfortable with. <laughs> Monkey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Also, yeah, like, yes, we will probably be doing more ghost stories. We might do what we didn't do in season one because we kind of wanted to stay away from as like the american side of like horrors damnedville horror and so on and so forth mm-hmm. um or like real ghost stories and stuff like that and paranormal stories that have been told what would be down depending on what you let us know oh. when work like when works for you and we can make it work for us because that's what exactly. we had to do with irish we will, yeah we made a group chat and we were talking about um what would they would be best and we consistently kept up with that so again it's probably not going to be anytime soon there's some like i have vacations coming up and so on and so forth so i'm going to be relaxing finally yeah so i'm going to be <laughs> posting the main reason we're doing this podcast live is because ms does have to take that vacation so this podcast is going to be kind of posted in a way to where it works around his vacation to make it still we're doing something active but to where ms doesn't have to worry about it and I wanted to do it that way. So that way it's, it takes some weight off of his shoulders. So that way he doesn't, cause I know Miz, I love Miz, but I know exactly what's going to happen if I don't do it this way. And he's going to worry about it the entire time. He's not going to text me. But what will happen is like, I know his mind is going to be like, did Jimmy not post it or anything like that? I'm just going to post it in a way to where like we have the, the audio come out for all the audio files, all the, all the listeners out there first followed by the video to come out shortly thereafter. And by the time that both of those have been posted and out for a little bit of time, Miz will be coming back from his vacation. Yeah. And we can start prepping for season two. Cause we, we already have lots and lots of uh, ideas and we kind of are like on the fence. We do want to do like 13 episodes per season kind of thing. But then mm-hmm. it's like, you know, if we do have too many ideas, we can extend it, but don't expect it. We're going to try and keep everything at 13. Yeah. Like 13 is kind of the baseline. Like that's like, I wouldn't say so much the goal. It's kind of like a good rule of thumb to to go off of because it fits the spooky narrative. It fits the podcast theme. And we're just like, boom, we got our first 13 episodes knocked out of the way. The only goal I had for this podcast, honestly, was just to entertain people and have fun with friends. That's. Oh, yeah. Literally it. One of the things we also will be doing, if it's something I feel like would help in some ways for uh, more people to join, is we can create a mutual discord for just Mm -hmm. this and go from there. And I would be down to do that with Ms. We can just set up like, uh, I guess you could say like submission areas, uh, voice chat areas, stuff, so on and so forth. Because we've just been hosting this in my discord and I and. I'm not a selfish person. I'm really not. But like when I when I host stuff like this in my discord, I'm just like, I feel like a douche because it's in my discord instead of our discord and stuff like that. Well, I was thinking also it gives us more interaction with uh, everybody directly relating with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would agree. 
Because that wouldn't have to be like, hey, I have, you know, six different tabs on my Discord that are related to this. You have six uh, different threads for your Discord. Instead, it's like, let's just throw it into one and we can work together with it. And yep. plus, we can get submissions from you guys a little bit easier that way as well. Yep. And to where both Ms. and I have access to it and Ms. can read one, I can read one back and forth or... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it'll be a lot easier for us to set up meetings. At, uh, I say meetings, but, you know, the podcast itself and be able to shoot to where we can have in a couple other guests and I can make it look good on my end, record it, blah, 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 and all that fun stuff. And that and, was my main thing was that if we do, we want to bring in more guests and everything, mm-hmm. and that will make it much easier and um, comfortable for everyone to do it that way. I, I, I feel. Yeah. Because it wouldn't have to be like, hey, invite, insert sketchy person to your Discord. Hey, insert sketchy person to my Discord kind of thing. We don't have to worry about a hiccup. It's all with contained. Yep. And um, I, I, I'm i sure Miz will be announcing it and his, I'll be announcing it in my Discord. And then we'll send the, we'll send the invite out to those who wish to join. It's not a, you must join this Discord in order to have a submitted story. If you want to continue yeah. to submit it through the email that I've set up that both Ms. and I have access to through either his discord, my discord, whatever the case is, we'll make it work. Whatever, whatever works for you guys works for us is kind of yes, the mindset. And, that, and that's why we want to make sure we're including everybody with this and letting you guys know now, since we are live with everything. When you guys going to do ghost stories can join the, t- yeah, exactly. Lona, when we do ghost stories like this, we can have, we can be like those old school radio DJs and be like, next caller, what's your ghost story? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> You know, exactly. stuff like that. It, it, it'll be great. I, yeah. I'm so thankful for this. Oh, I thank you guys. But 13 wonderful and fun episodes. It has been great. Oh, I yeah, want to thank Liz and like, everybody. <laughs> Yeah, I want to thank Jimmy for even uh, uh, asking me just to be a part of this has been great for me. Um, also, uh, it doesn't feel like it's been the five months. No, it really hasn't. <laughs> it really doesn't. Because we started this back at the end of March. We started talking about it at the, like the end of April, beginning of or excuse me, March, April. We started talking about this back in like the end of February, beginning of March. And then we shot the first episode in the middle of March. And mm-hmm. here we are the first week of August. Four or five it's months. Like, oh, five yeah. months now, technically, since we're in August. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, did I, did, did, we, did we, we did, we did a thing. And I'm mm-hmm. proud of this babe, this love child that I've had with Ms. <laughs> yeah. It's a beautiful love child. <laughs> <laughs> it's grotesque in all the right ways. In all the best ways. <laughs> and all right, guys, I thank you so much. Um, I'm trying to think, do we have anybody we can mutually raid? Um, I'm up for suggestions, honestly. You tell me who I make it happen. Well, I was going to say this because I only have a couple on. I was going to see if chat has anybody new they may even want to take us to. Yeah, I'm down uh, for any suggestions because, I mean, we both have very similar mutual people that are in both chats yeah exactly and anybody new i know todd's live i have todd brando divine and i also have uh another one that i uh haven't seen in online in a bit but that's why i was also going to ask if anybody had someone specific like we could probably do someone new or if jimmy had someone that i haven't rated 
the only person I have is Duty Beard. Um, he's just chatting right now, but he uh, he's he's a cool dude. That's the only person I've got right now. That's totally fine with me if you want to do that. Yeah. He- Either way, because um, so we have two. We have Todd and Duty Bear. No one here. No one okay. Knows CSG. Duty or sorry, Doobie, not. Oh no, it is duty. Bees that way, bees that way. Yeah, duty beard. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, though. <laughs> so if you guys, if if you guys ever see me and another person that looks exactly like me, and you want to know which one is a real Jimmy, say which one, which one's a D, which one's a B, and then you'll see me do D B. If it's not, I if it's remember if I, how letters go, if, not really. No worries. Okay, then. Can you go ahead and shout them out into my channel or at least drop their names so I can read them? Yes. About to open Please. And also uh, fuck off train. <laughs> yes. That's plain. Oh my God. But ow. Blam. There we go. There we go. You let me know when you're ready to do it and I will hit enter. Will do. Do, 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 do. Let me pull them up right now so that way I have that as well. Yep. Okay, cool. Oh, wait. Oops. That. All right, guys. I have my raid started and it's going to be counting down here shortly. I'm starting mine and same. And, uh, from me to you guys, I just want to say Time thank to you for spell DBD. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> yeah, but uh, from me to you guys, thank you so much for being with us for the first season, hanging out yes, with us for you. our first live. Um, I want to thank Miz for being on this incredible journey with me from start to now and for what made from what may be to come and i want to tell you guys i love all of you and this is same i i, I want to thank you from bottom of my heart for uh just again like approaching me and be like hey would you be down it's been i i cannot wait to see where we go same this is this there's no brakes on this train and it's off the rails a little bit but it's fun <laughs> oh that's great i will talk it. to you guys later good night everyone love you guys' faces same bye. love you guys bye and we wait for that raid to go through yep always wait for the raid there we are okay now i can hit end yeah same.